have removed your helmet. Then you are a Mandalorian. No more. You are as its father, a clan of two. I heard you were back. I'm going to Mandalore so that I may be forgiven for my transgressions. Our people are scattered like stars in the galaxy. What are we? What do we stand for? Your cult. Fractured our people. There's nothing left. Go home. There's something dangerous happening out there. And by the time it becomes big enough for you to act, it'll be too late. Hang on, kid. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. My name is David, and I'm joined by friends of the podcast, Nolan Ryan, 680 from Alamo City Movie Talk, and Maddie B from CountdownCityGeeks.com. Welcome, guys. This is the hype episode for The Mandalorian Season 3, which debuts this Wednesday at midnight if you live in a certain part of the country and 2 a.m. for me if you live in Texas or if you live in Chicago or Mexico City. Um, so, yeah, this is the last episode before we do the pre-show. It's going to happen on Wednesday. We're going to go live on YouTube. We're going to have a, probably a myriad of people show up and uh, we might just podcast up into the release time. So look out for that. Before we start anything, though, of course, we want to talk about our awesome support, our patrons. Starting off with the purple tier, we have Chris Simpson, Kevin Leininger, Devin McCaffrey, Drew Peters, Sean Greathouse, and Zach Netzel. For the red tier, we have Fenrir526, Maya Morris. For the black tier, we have Maka Tawatala, who might be in the comments, uh, or the... Uh, Chad here, uh, Nathan Shank, Evan O'Paker, and Liam McCallion. Thank you so much for your support. We couldn't be at the place we're at without you guys. And this is it, man. This is the episode before three years or so of not getting any seasons of The Mandalorian. I cannot believe that time has already flown by. And the next season is this week. The Book of Boba Fett helped a lot with those three episodes with Din Djarin and Grogu, which a lot of people might have a little bit of an outcry because it seems like some people didn't watch that series and they're going to be confused when they see Din Djarin and Grogu back together again. What do you think, Maddie B? Do you think there's going to be some type of like outrage? I, I think that if you took the internet hype so seriously that you didn't watch the book of Boba Fett and refused to watch the book of Boba Fett, then you deserve to be confused and outraged when you watch the show. And that's your fault. Uh, the book of Boba Fett was a great series. I would recommend in these next couple of days, maybe binging it out a little bit uh, to see what happens. The ending of that series is some of the coolest star Wars that's ever been on screen, in my opinion. 
And so um, I, I don't suspect that there's much outrage. We have YouTube. We have things. We have people have seen kind of what happens and heard the rumors. It, it does seem odd that it's been so long since we've gotten Mando. Uh, but again, Book of Boba Fett really, really helped. Um, and, you know, I'm just excited to, to see them back and, you know, kind of get into some of these other stories and, and watch him continue his journey. We, we've been on a, a fun time with, with Din Djarin and we've seen him grow and um, I'm excited to see that continue. And I know John Favreau and Dave Filoni are, there's going to be some cool stuff in here. There's got to be a cool, there's got to be something in here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited for it. Yeah. So you Ryan, know, what? Yeah. It, it, you know, so I call the book of Bubba, the book of Mando, because it's, it's really just, uh, I mean, I had to completely disagree with you, Matty B. It's a terrible series. I, th- I thought it was, I thought it was poor writing. I thought it was, didn't make sense to me of how an ex or somewhat of a clone trooper, it just it's going to the whole series of itself, the technicality behind it when it came to the season finale. It's why didn't you get your ship? Why did you get that? It, it just didn't make sense to me when it comes down to like the, the, the end of the series, but it's, it just, you know, it's definitely, it's, it's definitely a series to where it was just focused a little bit too much. Like they, it, I kind of felt like they didn't know what to write. That's why they put in those, like, what was it? Two and a half episodes of, of uh, man, uh, like uh, I guess a sequence of Mando, you know, Luke, uh, Luke, along with Ahsoka. I was just like, okay, why are they adding them to here already so quickly? And it was just, it was just definitely like a miss, a misguided turn, a curveball, if you will, uh, the way the series really portrayed and everything. So I just, you know, I, I, you know, I really wanted something a little bit different with Book of Bubba. I was I excited, not really to begin with, but it was something different. I was like, oh, we're gonna get something different. We're gonna get like the the uh what do you call it the gangster side maybe even like the gangs the the gangster side of just like star wars something different something where like almost the sons of anarchy of star wars maybe in that essence maybe drug smuggling maybe something else you know or anything of that nature but obviously it didn't it didn't really happen that way and just oh i was just upset of the outcome that we got out of it but it was good to see mando again i'm not gonna lie it was really cool seeing him again i really enjoyed that uh i just i just didn't like the way the the season ended it didn't make sense to me the logic behind the logic standpoint behind it to where this guy you know and and, and again it's coming from like how he was raised you know uh bubba fed and everything and so it, it would just yeah I, I, it comes down to like you see him a lot in clone wars where he kind of like he almost killed mace windu and it's like you know it's just this guy was so smart and then all of a sudden now he's older and different i don't know it just takes a different toll i guess uh it, i guess what's canon and what's not i don't know david what do you think david <laughs> yeah i think that's really interesting that all three of us have kind of like differing opinions <laughs> on the book of boba fett because i think i'm middle of the road so maddie yeah. loved it ryan hated it and i was kind of like <laughs> in the middle yeah um there were certainly aspects that i really loved about it i i love that kind of like change of direction when they gave us those three end episodes yeah. with Din Djarin and Grogu and them coming back together and seeing Luke Skywalker which is an oh my god moment another oh my god moment because the end of 2019 yeah. we got yeah. that super huge surprise of seeing Luke Skywalker that was use awesome. his green lightsaber in a hallway scene mirroring what we saw at the end of Rogue One with his father and it was just incredible it was incredible that that didn't leak at all no one had an inkling um, yeah I I actually posted it would be cool on Twitter that to see that and I got 
destroyed online for mentioning that because <laughs> people, people know how, but I was like, well, it kind of makes sense. Yeah. And then people were like, well, maybe, maybe Mace Windu, maybe Plo Koon, who was kind of the stand-in that Dave Filoni used on some of the key yeah. art and yeah. references and scripts, which was well, they actually cool. filmed. I saw to be honest, they actually filmed with him. Like they were saying, like when they were filming that Jedi scene, they were filming with him instead of using uh, Luke. And I was like, what the heck? And then, oh yeah, we had this is how we kept it a secret. <laughs> it was just like, wow. I guess he had to go above and beyond, man, for that because yeah, I would have leaked definitely. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, that was totally incredible. And the fact that they brought in, I really love the fact they brought in Mark Hamill to film oh, that, that specific scene. That was um, but of course, they did have a a uh, a different actor as the body, and but they had yeah. Mark Hamill on set. They included him. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that they did that. They had him dress up in the robes, everything, <laughs> meet Grogu, and yeah. the fact that that secret was kept was incredible. Which gives us hope. For future secrets, maybe yeah. like Cal Kestis returning. No, Maddie B spoke about that on the last podcast. So hopefully, True. there's some really huge surprises that, ha- that haven't leaked. A Mace there Windu have... appearance. <laughs> Everyone really wants that. That's very, very controversial. That's yeah, that is so controversial. Everyone wants that, dude. I've seen it. I'm all like, well, uh, Samuel yeah. L. Jackson wants that. He yeah. wants to come back to Star Wars some way, somehow. And it's like, and I'm not, I'm not tough. opposed to, I'm not opposed to it. I really am not. Actually, you know, believe it or not, I mean, call the prequels, whatever you want, guys. I really, the best lightsaber fight in that era is Mace Windu. Like, there's just no question about it. Like, there's just no, like, when it comes to, uh, you know, you know, during the during the uh, we call it the Clone War era, you know, that was just Mace Windu. You know, we saw that in live action, and we saw that even more so in Clone Wars. And a little bit in Tales of the Jedi. So, yeah, definitely. So the end of The Mandalorian Season 2, we got Luke Skywalker showing up. This is the last scene. If you're watching this on YouTube, of course, like the video, subscribe if you can. This was the last shot we got. R2, Luke, and Grogu. I don't think anyone could have imagined this ending for Season 2 of The Mandalorian. Of course, waiting years and years. So this was 2019. We are now in February 2023, and March 1st, The Mandalorian Season 3 is going to drop. And it's going to continue on from, like we said earlier, The Book of Boba Fett. So if you're listening, which I don't think there's anyone that's listening to this podcast hasn't watched The Book of Boba Fett, watch The Book of Boba Fett first. That's kind of bare minimum. And then you can kind of be caught up, so to speak, with Mandalorian Season 3. But I also want to throw in there the fact that you might want to watch as much Clone Wars and as much yes. Rebels as well, the animated yes. series on Disney+. Plus. And Disney+, Plus actually does a really cool thing. If you go into the menus, if you click on Star Wars, and you look, you have to scroll down a little bit, I think, and it says uh, Mandalorian-centric episodes that you should watch for the animation section. Watch those, and you'll nice. also be caught up, and you also get to hear Katie Sackhoff do the voiceover for Bo-Katan, which she is a live-action actress for Bo-Katan. And from what the trailers and what the storyline is kind of 
heading to, it feels like she's going to be the heavy of season three of the Mandalorian. So I'm excited for that. There's a lot of dark saber stuff too. So I wonder, I wonder if we're going to get Sabine. I wonder if we're going to get her. In, well, in we all here. know she's been cast, and she's going to be yeah. in Ahsoka. Ahsoka, yeah. And Ahsoka's but... right around the corner. So Rosario Dawson actually came out and said, when we think that she wasn't really supposed to say it, but I think Lucasfilm was kind of okay with it, that the Ahsoka series is not going to drop until the the fall or later this year. Yeah. Which kind of puts in question what's going to happen with Skeleton Crew. But Oof. we're going to get it later on this year. And yeah. for sure, by then, you really need to watch and be caught up with the Clone Wars animated series and the Rebels animated series. Rebels, yes. Because there's going to be a lot of stuff, a lot of connective tissue that you're going to miss out on if you don't yeah. watch those shows. So on that's Star Wars, kind yeah. of a heads up. So, yeah. So be ready for that. So what did you guys think of Rebels in the Clone Wars? Matty B? Oh, I thought they were great. It was... um and that was kind of our entrance and sort of built the legend of Dave Filoni. I mean, we, we hadn't really seen much of his work or his vision or, or some of these things and, and filling in the holes of some pretty important storylines. I, I thought that both of those shows were really, really good. Um, honestly, at first I, I was like, nah, I don't really know if I want to watch like an animated show or like, I, I really, I, I wanted to see these stories in live action, but um, diving into them, um, I, they're some of my favorite Star Wars, and again, I'm a prequel guy too, uh, Ryan. I'm like, given my age, I'm 32. Like the prequels to me, I related to those way more than the uh, original trilogy, which obviously I I love. Don't get me wrong, I, I think they're yeah. incredible. But uh, again, like the best lightsaber battles, uh, watching Anakin yeah. grow up, and it was a lot more political. There's a lot more politics involved with uh, Palpatine and. And, and sort of the way that that um, that world worked as far as politics goes, I I, I loved them. And so Rebels and uh, the Clone Wars definitely added to that lore for me and gave me new characters to love. Um, again, it's, it's still continuing to feed us to this day, those stories that they told. Ryan, how about you? What do you think of the animation for Star Wars that's canon? Oh, man, I loved it. I loved every second of it. I mean, to be honest, I just, it, it was definitely... A point to where the Star Wars lore, where something extended story that we never have ever gotten when it comes down to like so many, especially Ahsoka, which they created in the animation and, you know, was never in live action before the, you know, before the Mando series. And it's just it was definitely a um, it was definitely a show to where, you know, Clone Wars, uh, Rebel, even Rebels, Rebels was like the icing on the freaking cake. Like who would have thought uh, Dave Filoni create these new characters and really capitalize on the whole formation of the empire of its own entity. And who would have thought someone else created a series, a live action series with Andor and created it on the foundation of the empire as well. So it's definitely, uh, you know, it's definitely one of those things to where it just, it really capitalized on a lot of uh, Star Wars lore that we thought well, it was never possible, you know, it just, and, and, and as much as, you know, everyone dogs on it, you know, cause it cartoon network, Clone Wars show uh, that came out back in the day. I just, you know, it's it's definitely definitely hits a lot more home homestead here. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think if you're a certain age, 
I think if you're the younger <laughs> demographic, you kind of hold those animated series in like a really high regard. And they are canon after all, so they fit yeah. into everything that Filoni and Favreau are working on. And I think that we're going to see coming up in the near future. And I'm telling everyone right now, if you haven't seen the Clone Wars and Rebels, catch up on that. It'll be fully caught up. And of course, the Book of Boba Fett, like we just mentioned. And Mandalorian Season 3, once you see all of that, you'll be primed and ready for Ahsoka in the fall. But like I said earlier, we're going to have some friends stop by. We have Ted from the Countdown City Geekcast. He is here. And we have Kevin from... Fandom Podcast Network. Awesome. So, yeah, we're just uh, about to talk about the cast of The Mandalorian Season 3 here. And before we do that, I kind of want to get Ted's and Kevin's thoughts on what uh, we're going to see here. What what their thoughts on the wait that we've had between season two and season three. It's been years, but it hasn't really felt as long, I think, because of the Book of Boba Fett. We had those three episodes with Din and Grogu reuniting. So, Ted, what are your thoughts and uh, how hyped are you for Mandalorian season three? As hyped as one could possibly be. Uh, first things first, Darth, uh, sorry, uh, Mace Windu's lightsaber battle, great, but not the best of the prequels. That's Duel of the Fates. That's not up for argument or debate. <laughs> Just so that's understood. Yeah. Mace Windu uh, doesn't even a- approach um, Yoda versus <laughs> Dooku or anything. <laughs> that's still, yeah, that's still top five all time. Yo- Yoda going at it with, yes, that's still up there. No matter what anybody says about episode two, that is still top tier Star Wars right there of all time. Let's see. What else? What else? I am one who have admitted I was one of the naysayers about. Skywalker returning um, in prime form. I didn't think that was a possibility. I thought Lucasfilm or Disney didn't have the balls to pull that off, and I was dead wrong, and I am forever going to be grateful that I was wrong about that. And now that that has happened, like I said on this show before, they should and they can pull off a Skywalker series or saga in his prime as a master and they should do that because that's what fans absolutely deserve and have been begging for since the end of the original trilogy. And then um, you had another question. I completely forgot what it was, but I am extremely hyped about the new season of Mandalorian. Doesn't matter that it's been so long or however I've appreciated everything you've done and in between, so I'm totally stoked. Whatever they decide to do, I trust Dave Filoni. I trust John Favreau. Anything they want to do going forward is a okay by me. They could do no wrong. I am done. Good night. Peace. Just kidding, Kevin. <laughs> Kevin, your thoughts on uh, your hype level for the Mandalorian season three? It's high, man. It is high. I cannot wait. I'm really, really excited. It's, you know, it's funny too when you're saying it's been years, but thank God for that book of Boba Fett. Now they kind of, you know, gave us a little tease and more importantly, a little setup of what's going to happen. So, 
Um, I thought that was a smart decision for them to do that and kind of uh, then get Mando back in there with uh, Boba Fett. But uh, this this is big. This is really, really big. Th- this show, in my opinion, has really kind of saved Star Wars, to be honest with you, in the new... You know, it is. It has saved Star Wars. It yeah, has. In, in, the, I mean, in the Disney-owned Lucasfilm era. And, yeah. uh, and they know it. And I think that... Um, there's a lot writing on this season as well. And, you know, I was having an interesting uh, debate with a, a friend of mine, a co-host, uh, my friend Lee regarding, um, uh, he's the co-host of my Highlander podcast here on the network. And, but we're both huge star Wars fans. And he was kind of a little disappointed that they decided to keep Grogu around, um, especially with the way what we saw in um, book of Boba Fett, compared to way season two ended, you know, with uh, him being taken away by Luke. And uh, I, I, I was kind of feeling a little bit about what he was feeling because I wanted to see Mando do his thing, go on and do his thing. And, you know, there may have been outside pressure. Look, you got to bring Grogu back. You know, he's, he's selling a lot of stuff for us. He's, he's one of the you know most lovable characters now, you know, bring him back. And if that is if that was a conscious decision, that's fine. But I challenged it going. I kind of went back and forth with it, and it even made my hype meter even higher because I like the fact that in the book of Boba Fett, he was given a choice. And the fact that he, you know, Luke basically said, "Look, here's Yoda's lightsaber, or you get this Mandalorian gift here of uh, of armor. You know, Beskar armor. You make the decision." And he decided to make the choice, going against. Um, what the Jedi are normally taught is yeah. no attachments. Attachments, yeah. And I thought that was kind of a brave thing to do. And then my buddy Lee is like, well, what if he goes dark? We've seen him kind of do little things here and there, whether it's a choke here or something like that. You know, and I said that might be interesting. But I think when it comes down to it, we need to accept, and I'm fine with it, that we get this lone wolf and cubs situation because whether he's there to sell uh, tickets more to the star Wars gun show, I'm fine with that. That's cool. But I think there's something deeper here that we need to see because I've been doing a rewatch just like a lot of you have of season one and two. And there's just these little moments of these two guys working together. That makes me now I'm glad he made that decision. I want to see yeah. more. And my hype is even higher. <laughs> yeah. yeah that, and that's and awesome it, it does. And it does come down to it with the relationship. And we were, talking about earlier pre-show how the last of us um you know pedro pascal's relationship they um they sort of mirror each other in these shows Mm -hmm. and um ellie and grogu both are important to pedro's character because you need something to thaw the ice so um because you, you i mean you have to have something that warms this ice cold character this wounded character to make him more relatable to to the you know, the audience. I just want to extend on that, Maddie, because I think what's important for the dichotomy of this relationship going forward is that what Grogu has done to Mando's character and changed him is the same reason why when people say, Kevin, who's your favorite Star Wars character of all time? Mine is Chewbacca, because if it's not Chewbacca, Han is not who he is, you know, yeah. and I, you know, I'm a big fan of legends as well. But, and, and I love seeing what we saw in Solo, that there's a character that there's a, there's someone that changes a beloved character and makes them who they are. And, the, and you know, Han is not who he is without Chewbacca, in my opinion. And yeah. Roku 
is, you know, Mando is not who Mando is, at least the Mando that we're becoming attached to without Grogu. Hmm. Yeah. And I've been having trouble saying Grogu. Usually I say Baby Yoda, but I'm warming up to it. And (laughs) and it, but it leads into what Din Djarin's destiny is. And in order for him to ascend to become the head of Mandalore, He's going to have to learn to work with other people. He's going to have to learn to be a leader. He's going to have to learn to not be such an ice cold character. And Grogu is help helping to shape Din Djarin's eventual future. We we assume yeah, is I'm, going to be yeah. to take the, the mantle. Um, uh, see, I'm kind of I'm kind of curious on that because with rebels and everything, I thought you know it's kind of it's gonna kind of I don't know if it's gonna kind of clash the stories and everything, but. I kind of feel like Sabine will be the leader here uh, of Mando and everything the way the way it ended off with. But again, I mean, it it, go, it comes down to the point to where like whoever holds the you know the dark saber, then um you know then uh that's the leader of Mando. But maybe maybe it could change because I mean obviously they changed a little bit here on you know Mando. It's you know it's not it's people you know it's it's the following here. So it's just, it's it's definitely it might touch up on that a little bit. Um, where they left off in Rebels and everything, because I, because f- from that point of view, you know, I didn't even. I mean, w- I've always been saying for like the, you know, when season one was like, it'll be interesting to have like a Mando series or like a Mando movie where they actually go to Mandalore. Maybe they'll show like the planet where it's like maybe trying to come back from, uh, from you know, from being destroyed. Maybe by the it's Empire. not glass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Maybe they, someone comes up as the you know the next the next queen. Ken, I guess, or the you know the Queen of Mandalore and everything, and and uh, but it's just, it's just definitely like I was just kind of like okay, that makes sense, but hopefully, I mean, kind of, I'm just kind of lost to where like if they're gonna have some form of leadership, who's it gonna be? I guess that's the that's that's my point being. But yeah, I don't know, could be awesome. anybody. So the next thing, <laughs> yeah, that I wanted to talk about was the cast of season three. So we all know the typical the. Usual suspects here. Uh, John Carlos Bazito's returning as Moff Gideon. We're getting Carl Weathers back as Grief Karga. We're getting Katie Sackhoff as Bo-Katan Kreese. Emily Swallow is returning as the Armor. Omid Abtahi as Doctor Pershing, who actually got to meet um, going up the or going down the elevator yeah. at Celebration. How was that in Anaheim? It was interesting, man, because um, we I, I got to the elevator first. I'll tell the whole story here. Got to the elevator first. He rolls up. Mm-hmm. And I do a double take, and I was like, okay, yeah, this is Dr. Pershing. So I knew he was signing at the convention. I don't want to ask for his autograph. Um, oh, true. I, yeah. I didn't have any money yeah. at the time or anything. And I, <laughs> I, the typical answer is, oh, well, I'm signing, because I've ran yeah. into those situations before. So I asked him on the podcast. But I, I said, hey, um, I, I love your role. I, I love your character. Um, and he's like, cool, thanks. And we got in the elevator, and I, I said, hey, you, would, you like, would you ever consider being on a podcast? And I introduced myself talked about the podcast he's like yeah sure just email me i was like okay then we just kind of started talking about more stuff then we got out of the elevator we took a picture together and then we kind of went on our separate ways but um yeah he's a really cool guy really friendly um but he give you his cash app for the picture i'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) here's my cash app (laughs) no he didn't so i didn't get a picture yeah i was but uh yeah yeah Yeah. i mean it's it's really cool and everything that i've heard from behind the scenes is the fact that everyone is really chill Everyone is oh, really nice. calm. There's no egos on set. And it seems like the people that they continue to work with have that kind of same demeanor that it's it's just laid back. They get the work done. No one's yelling at each other. 
and mm-hmm. it's 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 a really great environment. So I'm glad that Omid Abtahi is coming back, and we, we still have to kind of address the fact that he is wearing that particular outfit with that particular patch of the of the cloners. Mm-hmm. Um, Amy Sedaris is back as Pelimato. We've seen her in the in the trailers and i really do like her character i, I know she kind of rubs some people the wrong way not me i i like I that character her. i think she's I like great <laughs> yeah and amy sedaris is a close friend of john favreau so i think she's gonna stick around maybe as as long as as there's a show which mm-hmm. we might go into I, that later I think on she, her character has a little bit of uh, has to do with kind of mellowing the Mando out a little bit too, if you think about it, you know? Yeah. I, I, <laughs> Maybe giving him a sense of humor. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's definitely like a little small rest stop to where yeah. like, besides the adventures, it's like, Oh, here's your rest stop. Okay. Here's now we got a small little adventure. We got to help yeah. you or, or whatever the case may be. I kind of, I, I like that little rest stop episode. I like that. It, I, I never thought I would like a rest stop episode before until like watching it and, and revealing it. It's, you know, it's, it definitely adds, uh, a little bit more comedy. David, did yeah. you see that lady that um, uh, there was a lady dressed up as Pelimoto at Star Wars Celebration Anaheim? Did you last year? Did you see that woman? Oh, I, wow. I can't remember anymore, oh, man. I saw so many people and have so many memories now from Celebration. I was just um, so excited to see someone dressed up as Pelimoto and she did a great job. I got a picture with her. It was awesome. Oh, yeah. Wow. And, and, and she's damn. And, and she's really kind of, kind of an homage to Ripley and this, the same. Yeah. Thing haircut yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> so yeah i enjoy her she's she's pretty cool um and next we have christopher lloyd we don't know officially who he's gonna play but of course christopher lloyd has been in a lot of terrific franchises you go back to who framed roger rabbit back mm-hmm. to the future the adams family and now he's got star wars under his belt taxi taxi I mean, who who do you think Christopher Lloyd is going to play? Matty B? I don't know. And, I, it, and one of my biggest questions is, uh, is he going to be a hero or is he going to be a villain? Um, I, I just I, – and I think that there's nothing really out there because I looked it up. I saw Christopher Lloyd on the thing. I was like, oh, my gosh. I, uh, <laughs> let, let me look into this a little bit. I have no clue. I can say what my hope is – is that he is nefarious. I want mm-hmm. him to play a character. I don't want him to be a hero in this. I'd, I'd like to see Christopher Lloyd kind of being an antagonist in a way um, in the series. But I, I've, I literally, I looked up everything I could. I looked up fan theories, everything. I, I don't see anything. I, I have no clue. Um, but my hope is, again, that he is um, an antagonist in the series. Ryan, who do you think he's playing? I think he's going to play a comedy relief in here, almost to where, yeah, um, I don't think we we're going to see him play a serious role. But again, I could be totally wrong. Um, I mean, the last time I would, you know, it, it just it's it's definitely a, a point to where I think we might see him as a comedy relief to where he maybe he has to help Mando or maybe he's put in a situation where he might have to, you know, help maybe need more more manpower to fight off some other, you know, villains, I guess, or, you know, whatever the case may be. But I don't know. I kind of feel like he might be the comedy here because I've seen him do so so much good comedy. And I'm just like, even the small little cameos in Big Bang Theory is just hilarious. How he plays like a homeless guy in Big Bang Theory. And I just I just love his yeah. uh, his his comedy take. So I, I love it a lot. I really do. As a homeless guy, he was funny. And hopefully as in Star Wars, you know, it's long overdue. It really is. So, so to see him even in anything Star Wars is exciting. 
Ted, who do you think Christopher Lloyd's going to play? Well, this is going to be breaking news, so I hope I don't spoil this. No leaks, no spoilers. <laughs> but he's going to be actually playing Dr. Emmett Brown from Back to the Future. He figured <laughs> out interstellar space travel, okay? <laughs> and he's traveled to a galaxy far, far Back away. Back to the past. Exactly. <laughs> oh. and, and he's now he's now on a mission because he's stuck, and he runs into Mando and Grogu, and they're going to help one another out. And things are gonna work itself out. I'm just kidding. I I would love for Christopher to be playing something uh, of a of a serious role or just a serious role or character on this series. But I got to be honest, he's in his mid to late 80s now, so trying to ask him to do too much is probably not the right <laughs> thing to do. I would just say this is probably a cameo. I'm gonna love it regardless, uh, but. Him trying to be a villain or a, a, a role that you're going to be seeing time and time again in this third season is probably asking too much. But it's, yeah. it's probably just going to be a, a great cameo for him to do. And I'm excited to see him. So you're saying something akin to uh, Bill Murray in uh, Quantumania. <laughs> oh, God. Absolutely. Oh. That was Absolutely. the worst. That was the worst cameo ever. Let me just point that out <laughs> real quick. Was, That's gonna be the worst cameo ever, dude. <laughs> it, it was not great. I agree yeah. with that. Kevin, yeah. who do you think Christopher oh, Lloyd, man. the great Christopher Lloyd, is gonna play in the Mandalorian season three? Okay, I'm gonna go deep on this here. He's gonna right, play okay. a serious role. Hear me out here. So we know that the Mandal Man that Din, the Mandalorian, is kind of stuck in the middle here between now these two beliefs of the Mandalore history and where they want to go. You know, we got the don't take your helmets off to take your helmets off. Right. And yeah, they're, they're, he needs to find a way to unify both of these groups of Mandalorian to bring them together because Bo-Katan, as I was rewatching season two here says we're better in numbers. We're, we're, we're better when mm -hmm. we're together. I would love it if Christopher Lloyd were to play some, ancient elder Mandalorian to where he's the man in the middle that helps um, guide the Mandalorian to some wise wisdom to somehow bring these people together and find a way to do it. Because maybe that was a vision of his that he didn't get a chance to do, um, or he was stuck on one side and he made mistakes and now wants to learn from them or at least pass his mistakes that he's learned on to someone else. And that, would be a really good kind of one episode if he's only going to come in for one episode and do his thing and then drop his mic. That's what I would like to see. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, I like that too. I mean, and really what I don't want from this is I do want him to play a serious role, something like that, where he's like sort of uh, the diplomat between two sides would be incredible, but I don't want a kooky dot Brown character i don't want a, i don't want an episode where he's a cameo where it's like back to the long long time ago I, you know, I, like I, <laughs> it, 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 I mean, it, it wouldn't like it'll be know. Disney funny, man. It's it'll be it'll be just like Ant Man. It'll be like Thor and Love and Thunder. It'll be it'll be that comedy. It'll be good. Uh, both yeah. good movies. All about both good movies. Energy. Uh, oh man, it'll be that it'll be that same comedy. You're, it's all good. <laughs> oh man. So, yeah, I kind of thought as soon as i heard christopher lloyd being cast i thought kind of along the same lines as kevin that he was going to be something like a high mandalorian chieftain that din comes across maybe on or underneath the ground in mandalore when he seeks out the the living waters to be bathed in to homeless to get reclamation to to 
become a Mandalorian again, you know? So that those were my thoughts. I I think I read the leak on what he was going to be like a year or so ago. It's been a while and I've already forgot. <laughs> so I have oh, no man. idea. But um, yeah, going back to the cast here, there's a pretty big cast that we know it's going to be in the show. Tim, like and, Tim Meadows was, right? Yes, I was going to say Tim, Tim Meadows is next. Uh, continuing with the SNL tradition, we hmm. had Horatio Sands. As uh, the alien, that blue alien, I forgot the name of the species. It's eluding me. Um, but um, there was comic relief there. And I was glad to see Horatio Sands doing something, the big <laughs> franchise. And he came back in season two as well. And we got to spend a little bit of time with him. But yeah, Tim Meadows, uh, 1990s SNL alum. I have no idea what he's going to play. Um, I don't think. Dude, the ladies, man. Come on, man. <laughs> the ladies, man. Yeah, no idea. We we know uh Paul Sun Hung Lee as Carson Teva is gonna show up. We've seen him in the trailer. Uh hopefully he appears on our podcast. Uh, yeah, I know he's done several podcasts, but uh, he's more well known as being uh Appa on uh the popular series up in Canada. I'm forgetting the name. Anyone know the name of that show? Is that the uh, the retail store place? Yeah, that it's like it's something Kim, like convenience. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, Kim's convenience. I think. Yeah, Kim's convenience. Yep. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. And Katie O'Brien. Speaking of Ant Man, Quantumania, she is going to be back. Uh, she was a officer on the bridge of Moth Gideon's ship. She had a few lines. She will be back, and of course, the beloved, the most beloved character from the Rise of Skywalker, Babu Frick, will be in the Mandalorian uh, season three. Just quick story. Along with more I... and Zelens. I got a chance to meet Katie uh, at the uh, Scum and Villainy bar right wow. before uh, the um, uh, Star Wars Celebration. Uh, there was nice. a 501st uh, officers meeting there as well, and a bunch of other 501st mm-hmm. showed up. And uh, she and another the other actor um, got uh, honorary 501st uh, membership. Wow, nice. Yeah, cool. yeah and she's, she's actually doing the rounds right now for podcasts. Nice. Yeah. And I've... I've sent her a couple messages, haven't gotten a reply back, but uh, yeah, it'd be super awesome to have her on the podcast. So that's pretty much the whole cast that we know for sure. Other probables, Leilani Shu, who Countdown City Geek Cast interviewed General Kenobi, we uh, met with uh, last weekend. Uh, she's probably going to play a Jawa again to continue her streak of being in The Mandalorian Season 1, Season 2, and Season 3, as well as The Book of Boba Fett. And of course, it's Chris not, it's not a question, right? She's already confirmed, by the way. Well, I asked her the well, are we sure? We're sure. Because I asked her the question and she wouldn't answer. Yeah, they didn't they didn't tell us on camera either, but they told us. <laughs> okay. Well, quick, quick, quick question. Um, the Jawas is are they every are they elsewhere except Tatooine? Yeah, Arvala Seven, the off-world Jawas that have the gray okay. cloak and the red eyes. Yeah. yeah. Was, and of course, well, yeah. The rest stop. <laughs> I keep forgetting that's Tatooine. <laughs> and Chris Bartlett, who's been on the podcast, he was on the pre-show, I, I believe, for Book of Boba Fett when we did that live streaming. He's probably going to be a protocol droid and continue his streak, uh, just like Leilani Shu. And both of them are pretty good friends. Uh, mm. We've seen a bunch of Insta- Instagram posts and social media stuff with them. Can I, can I clarify so, my, my last statement? I know she's in the next season. I don't know who or what she's playing. Okay. Oh, 
Yeah, okay. it's it's all kind of the assumption because I think all of us here kind of assume that Boba Fett is going to be in the Mandalorian season three. Really? Because yes, for sure. <laughs> I don't. I mean, uh, you never know. You Boba, know, Fett owes, he, Boba Fett owes him now. You know, he's got to back him up. Got to back up his bros. Oh, okay. Well, well, yeah. Okay. And we, and we, talk, and we talked about, me and David talked about this last week on the show as well. Um, these stories are not necessarily individual stories. They're, they, they're, all, they're all taking place at the same time. Um, Book of Boba Fett, it wasn't so weird that the Mando was a part of that story because all of this is taking place at the same time. It's just a a different perspective on the same story. And so um, I would, I would bet the house that Boba Fett is going to be in Mando season three. And he rules Tatooine now. So yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. More Tatooine. Oh God. It's the center of the universe. Whether we want it We're going to Jakku. We're going to Jakku (laughs) next. Oh man. Now we're gonna go to Endor, what or something? We're we're gonna go somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> I can well, show yeah. There. So oh. the whole assumption that Boba Fett Yavin. is gonna be in the show, and then this cover drops. So if you can see in the bottom right hand corner, there's his helmet. So yeah. There you, there you go. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So as far as directors go for <laughs> The Mandalorian Season 3, we have a new kind of slew of directors here. Lee Isaac Chung, Rick Famayua, who's directed before and now is an executive producer on the show. Bryce Dallas Howard, who has directed a bunch of beloved episodes. Rachel Morrison, Peter Ramsey, who was one of the directors for Into the Spider-Verse, which I think we all categorically love. And of course, Carl Weathers. And I believe Rick Famayua is directing the very last episode as well these are six uh directors here does that mean we're going to get another two that we're familiar with um to round out the eight episodes i think rick and bryce are directing two episodes apiece okay mm. so we're not we're not getting a feloni episode or a uh um, that's the interesting thing i wanted to talk Favreau about one. We're not getting yeah. the favro or feloni episode i was gonna ask but... that yeah I think Favreau is doing what George Lucas did for Return of the Jedi. He's just going to be there and be like... Because he's probably on Ahsoka and... right now, so yeah. Well, Filoni's primarily more on Ahsoka, and Ahsoka shot a little after the Mandalorian Season 3 wraps um, shooting. So, and, and I think F- Ahsoka is really Filoni's baby. baby and yeah. I think Filoni's going back and forth with Favreau with him being a little more detached from that show. But... Yeah, it's an interesting lineup. They're they're mm. adding more directors, and Dakar, I'm excited for it. Did Carl Weathers did he direct any episodes of previous seasons? Or yeah, he, he did the yeah, one he episode. Did the, he did the siege. Oh, got it, got it. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, but Carl Weathers, um, I really like Carl Weathers. I've liked him well before he was in Star Wars or anything. Is he's, he's in some of um, my favorite films? Uh, I, I'm excited to see that, and of course Bryce Dallas Howard making her return. She is done some incredible incredible episodes right and so 
I mean, who knows? Who do you think takes the lead? Who's on the first episode? I believe it's Rick Famuyiwa. So I think so, he's directing episode one because that yeah. sort of sets the tone, right? Right, and he directed my I think my favorite episode, episode two or chapter two of season one with the Jawas. Okay, cool. So, yeah, and he directed well, that Bill Burr episode in season two, where he had that famous like sit down. With oh yeah, great, great, episode. Yeah. great episode. Great yeah. episode. Yeah, yeah, one of my fantastic. favorites, I think. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and just to give Bill Burr for that role too, it's <laughs> so good. Um, was, go ahead. Sorry, I was what looking was at Rachel Morrison, and she was a cinematographer for Black Panther. Yes, uh, and also for Fruitvale Station, Dope, and uh, Mudbound. So uh, she's got she's got some good films, uh, good films yeah, right good, there. Good stuff, dope, yeah. dope was a good movie. Yeah. Missing my buddy dope. Robert Rodriguez, Maddie's uh, look-alike, who he was told <laughs> yeah. they look a lot Ro- alike. R- Ross Marquand said that he was. Yeah, Ross Marquand was like, "Hey, you ever know you look like uh, Robert Rodriguez? I almost melted." <laughs> so wow. gonna be gonna be missing Rodriguez because uh, that was one of my favorite episodes, probably one of the most action-packed episodes of um, of the Mandalorian. Um, but you guys were talking about the lack of uh, Filoni in this season. There's also that secret project that we know nothing about. So maybe he was working on that a little bit more. The uh, hidden track that we've discussed on the show before. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ghost Track 17. Ghost yeah. Track 17. Whatever that might have needed or required probably had his attention during this potential time frame. And uh, since it's such a hush-hush project, you need just a small circle of individuals you can trust around it. And perhaps that is why we're not seeing uh, his name around this director's list. Yeah. And we'll and, probably and the, talk about that here. So. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, they'll probably mention something major big in a celebration. Isn't it weird how we haven't – there's no pre-production. There's no official date for a Star Wars movie. Isn't that crazy? Like, isn't that like just they're, they're knocking them out with series. And it's crazy how we haven't had an official release. I think we're going to get one in Star Wars Celebration, but it's crazy. Well, 2025, yeah. I would assume they'd want to target. So Celebration can help, you know, promote that into it and launch it. Maybe. I don't know. So- well, w- what the going story is now after Anaheim 2022 Celebration, Damon Lindelof was hired to kind of spearhead the next film or trilogy for Star Wars in the theater. And there was a big writer's room set up, kind of like what he did with the Watchmen TV show on HBO Max, which was excellent. And that apparently most likely is going to be the film that's announced at 2023 Celebration in London. It so, should be this whole Mandalorian yeah. Mandoverse. You know, that's what it should be. That's that's a home run right there. You know, is, is, like is, is Taika Waititi going to roll over and decide to make his? I, I don't you know, think are so. Are we going to get something? Yeah. Go with what we got. And it, who's, who's not going to want to go to the theater to see all these people on the big screen? Come on. Yeah, I don't, I don't think Taika Waititi, I don't even think he's going to direct the movie. <laughs> I don't even think he's going to direct a movie, a uh, Star Wars movie um, anytime soon. Uh, yeah, but, Taika Waititi is yeah. disqualified. From, <laughs> from Star Wars. Oh man, but I oh <laughs> I don't they blame have, him they though. Have all the pieces for a Mandoverse yeah. big battle with Thrawn. 
Make it happen. Come on, guys. I but know would, they, it, they would, it, would, it, would it work in a movie setting, Mando, I guess? Oh, hell yeah. You think it would? Okay. No, no, yeah. I mean, the, the, yeah, it's just... Imagine uh, taking these people out of the... Uh, um, comfort of their homes. The, the dome or whatever yeah. it's called, the, the thing, and shooting on location and getting all these people on the big screen and having, you know, just Star Warsing it up like yeah. they should. And that would be the perfect movie to bring Star Wars back to the theaters, having everything set up by the TV series. That's what you do. That, that you know, that'd be a great way to support everything. Yeah, no, and, and and I completely agree with you there. I really do. It just it comes down to where because remember whenever they uh, announced Bubba Fett as a movie, and then that got canned, and then they, were, and then I guess they it was just a point to where they weren't ready to take that risk, I guess, so to speak. But I mean. I don't see them losing anything with the Mando movie. I really don't. Because, I mean, you just pull out more merch, put more baby shots of Grogu, and that's it. I mean, yeah. that's it, man. That's all you That's all you need. You get the kids out of there. You get the whole family bank. You're, I mean, family spend, like, what, 50 bucks to go to the theater? I mean, that's all that, you know, it's Disney, yeah. man. It's yeah. Disney. That's I don't know. I, can I say that I disagree completely? Um, I, I think that the Mando serves its purpose incredibly well to be the fuel that keeps Disney plus streaming service going. Um, yeah. When it comes to primetime blockbuster Star Wars movies, it's got to be a story about a Jedi. And I, I think that at some point they're going to have to establish either they're going to have to continue the sequel trilogy or they're going to have to set up a new trilogy where we're following a young Jedi or force user and that's gonna that's really what's gonna bring people to the theaters. Will people go watch a Mando movie? Yes, but we're gonna want to watch a story. I, I, I generally think that in the blockbuster, you're gonna have to have a young force user um to to continue a, a trilogy, not a Mandalorian. Doesn't Which have to we'll be a trilogy. About... Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk say, about yeah. that a little later in the podcast, actually. I, there's actually some little breaking news about that. Um so <laughs> The next thing I wanted to talk about was the score. We all know Ludwig Gorenson really came through and in the shadow of John Williams gave us a terrific, iconic new Star Wars score for The Mandalorian. And he was there for season one and season two of The Mandalorian. He was also there for the Book of Boba Fett doing the main theme. But he will not be there for The Mandalorian season three. He is handing off those duties to... Joseph Shirley, who scored the Book of Boba Fett. And that's kind of interesting. Um, I've seen a lot of articles where they said he did a really good job. I really don't particularly remember the score from the Book of Boba Fett that well. Did, what did you think, Kevin? Did you think yeah. it was above average? Yeah, I. it actually surprised me because especially with the, uh, the, the music and the singing behind it and kind of getting that tribal sound that i felt that really reflected what book of boba, uh, boba fett was doing with the um the sand people uh, and the percussions during this this stuff i thought they did or he he did a really good job uh if that was a case and so i think that it, it would be in good hands and i'm kind of curious to see if they will take a little bit different direction with the mandalorian uh, music now um, because he's in a different place now, but I, I love the, the, that was one of the highlights for me because I'm a music guy, and so I always take notice of that, and I really enjoy you know, hear those guys with the big baritone voices singing that boom, 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 boom. That was great. <laughs> Ted, you're a musician. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, we talked about this a little bit last time, actually. Gorenson's just too good. 
He is too good. He is like a true, genuine artist when it comes to music. Uh, he wants to make art. And the Star Wars universe, he cannot expand his uh, horizon any further than what he's already done. That's why he went and did some Marvel stuff. Black Panther was fantastic. Wakanda Forever, he was on that. And then when Christopher Nolan gives you a call, you don't say no. So he went to go <laughs> do Oppenheimer. And uh, more power to Gorenson because he's he's absolutely incredible. The, the stuff that he's been able to do, how expansive his creativity stretches is just mind-blowing. Um, they, they got somebody who's already in-house, so it'll be exciting. Um, it also, this third season kind of feels like it's going to be taking a big twist or sort of not a twist, but a big turn through this arc. Um, you know, it, it's diving into more worlds, including more characters, uh, more groups that are going to be at conflict. So it's probably a good idea to start changing up the tone a little bit. The, the, the universe is expanding when it comes to Mandalorian. And so all of this is all good things. Change is good. Interesting. Okay. You're giving me a little bit more confidence. <laughs> Matty B, Ryan, any thoughts on that? Um, I've, I, again, this is a, maybe a controversial take. I, I don't, <laughs> I don't give a damn about the, the score of the movie. I, like, I, I don't care. <laughs> like these, these people, they're, they're, like okay, when you when you watch the last, let's talk about the, when you watch the Last of Us. There's a score playing on their on those certain scenes where like yeah. where yeah, like it's it, it it doesn't change it for me. This, like, what I, I can't even think. Oh, if I were man. to think of my favorite movies ever, <laughs> I'm never like, oh, the score was the score was so good. Even like in a Star yeah. Wars movie, the only time I can remember like the music like giving me chills is like Duel of the Fates. Is probably like a time when that happened. Yeah. Uh, maybe like. A, I don't know. I just to me that does that never has made or broken a movie for me. I I don't, you know, it's I I just don't care. <laughs> well, well, I mean George Lucas. If you see George Lucas in the screening room at Skywalker Sound screening the Phantom Menace for the first time, he says, "No one remember remember, no one is watching the screen. Everyone's listening to the music." So. Mm -hmm. Well, that George Lucas is an idiot. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, um, we were it was all a joke, Matty B. I know, I know. I, know. I get it. I get it. But, you got uh, you got to watch one of those videos where they show like the score matters, and it's like different songs and different different where the where the scene's supposed to be more uh, dramatic, and it's like a comedy relief. It, yeah, I, I get what you're saying though. It, it, but I mean, to me, it just adds on to like the the tone. Like we always talk about the whole tone, the way the the way it's gonna flow and everything, the more presence a movie has, especially with how a movie makes you feel in that essence. You know, I mean, yeah, the Fablemans, I mean, just movies like that, they really add on so much to more of music. Yeah. What's funny what Maddie said though is that for people that don't really pay attention to the score, um, and that maybe not be their thing, they may not know it, they're still being affected by it. And in yep. a way, that makes it effective. If you can set a tone, if you can set a mood, a, a mood yeah. for a certain moment, a certain scene, and not be so, you know, out in front about it, you're still doing your job. But then sometimes you can turn it on its heel, like like uh, John Williams does, and then make it so big, make it so grandioso. Because if it wasn't for John Williams, he his his art is what supplied the oxygen to Star Wars. 
I mean, sure. when when Superman first flies, Hans Zimmerman. I mean, come oh, on. God, I mean, when, yeah. he, when he ah, I, I have you ever seen uh that you should watch that Netflix. Uh, it's on Netflix. It's Hans Zimmerman. It's like all of his movies that he's done. It's so. I never thought. I, at first, I was like, I ain't gonna watch this crap. I'm not just gonna watch this guy make the. No, it is. It was. I was totally wrong. I was like, wow. He he set a whole yeah. career path for piano players on YouTube yeah. to play Interstellar. God. But um, yeah, uh, no, but and I, I, I get what you mean you about go. like the Anytime. presence and I, I I get like, for example, there's like a scene that comes to mind when I think about presence and the music matters uh, from Rogue One um, when Krennic is heading to Mustafar to Vader's castle and all of a sudden the tone changes and uh, now we know it's getting serious. And, yeah. and I, I love that about movies, but I've never walked out of the theater being like, whoa, that score blew my socks off. I mean, wow! I gotta go back and watch it with a blindfold on. I just, I, 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 I can't wait to feel it. You know? No, I, it's not. It's not that. that. It, it's, it's just like the what do you call it? It's the humming it, yeah. humming the Imperial March. That's like you know, come on, everyone knows it by heart. I was, everyone knows the Superman song. I mean, it's just stuff like yeah. that, I guess. But I've just never went back and watched a movie with a blindfold on because the score was so great. That's all I'm saying. It's it's hard to it's hard to quantify how your mind or your emotions are impacted with a movie until maybe you watch a clip of something with the music taken out. Imagine yeah. back imagine Back to the Future without the the music behind it. Even you just, guys have, even you've just all a little seen sound the famous, effects. You've all and seen it, the famous end at Star Wars when they're getting their medals with all of the music taken out. Yeah, how, how awkward <laughs> yeah. is that? Yeah, you know, or, it, I, I, that's an extreme. It, that's an extreme, you know, um, yeah. suggestion there. But I mean, it, that that's what it does. You know? But it's yeah. not it, unique. It, but that's not unique to movies, though. So, like, let's say um, you go to a, a restaurant. And you're like, hey, let's go try this restaurant out. And there's no music. There's like, there's nothing going on. I mean, obviously, it's going to be kind of awkward, and you're gonna be like, you know, the atmosphere <laughs> isn't set. I mean, that's that's not something that's really unique to movies. I mean. Um, Music and atmosphere and ambiance are certainly a part of the feeling. But like when I'm going through it, I'm like, hey, is this going to be a good movie or not? I'm never checking to see who the composer is. I, I totally get what you're saying. And to defend what you're saying, there's so much content, right? Millions of hours of content we've consumed. And 99% of the time, the music does not enhance your experience. It is there to support what's happening on screen, but it does not enhance it or surpass your experience in any way. However, you sure did. You go see it in IMAX. There are some top tier <laughs> movies and TV shows yeah. that we've seen where the music has sent you f sailing through the galaxy at times or has made you tremble because it was just so haunting. Um, goosebumps. Best thing that I can remember in quite a long time was the first time. We saw Joker in the Dark Knight and Hans Zimmer, who is one of the best at this, instead of putting some haunting piano music or some like yeah. some string, normal string instruments, he decides I'm going to take a violin bow and I think he put it on a guitar. And and there was there's this trick in music. It's, uh, it's the never ending octave or the. Um, something octave where you just repeat octaves over and over again and it's supposed to sound like it's infinite and it's a trick in music that we learn in music Jimmy theory. Page messed with that in Led Zeppelin 
he did mm. but uh <laughs> what's it called very different scenario and energy and all that yeah. stuff but just doing that just a violin bow on electric amplified guitar was just so haunting and it was so perfect for establishing this iconic character and so like even before i think of anything that happened in the dark night that that haunting sound enters my Music, brain yeah. first yeah until yeah. which is actually a funny part of a movie where Makes actually sense. the the visuals don't line up because i think they were doing that again at the very end and christopher nolan decided to show the joker hanging upside down but like right side up so you have like this weird thing. <laughs> like the one that was so stupid a scene in uh, movies, but uh, the Dark Knight was great. And Hans Zimmer is one of the best at that. I would agree. He he definitely sets a an eerie tone and a mood that um, sort of like you know sends a tingle down your spine sometimes. So no, I, I definitely get it. I'm not completely crapping on music and movies, but it's just who. Who's the composer in Mandalorian season three is like the last of my concerns when I'm when I'm gearing up to 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 watch the show. <laughs> it's it's just it's very hard, right? We've had decades of of popular music, decades of movies, uh, with music in it. it. It's hard to do something new that has not been done before. So when you get a Gorenson and Wakanda Forever, um, using nothing but percussion instruments to kind of set the mood in um, this underwater civilization. Or you get a guy like Zimmer trying to create this new theme for like the most haunting Batman villain of all time. Like those are the things that stick out, and it's 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 great when those moments happen. But to you know, to be fair, it a lot has been done before, and so it's really hard to find musicians who will set themselves apart from the rest. Yeah, I totally agree. Everything that Ted and Kevin said, it's. Scoring a film, having a score stay with you, the Hans Zimmer stuff that Ryan mentioned. John Williams, he was one of the, he was the first, yeah, composer to start a symphonic to to do a symphonic score for a Hollywood film, and then everyone copycatted that from then <laughs> till now. Yeah, and back then it was a bold choice. It was like out of the box thinking, oh my god, you're gonna put a symphonic score in front of a space movie. <laughs> wow but i mean it just it just hits you it, it hits you a certain way so going to the big questions for the mandalorian i know we have them just about everyone has these same set, set of questions i'm about to ask you so the first question i have will there be a big surprise in the first episode the first chapter of this season like the previous two seasons we had the reveal of Baby Yoda slash Grogu in The Mandalorian Season 1, Chapter 1. And then we had the reveal of Boba Fett being alive at the end of Chapter 9, Season 2 of The Mandalorian. What possibly do you think that we might see or have? I, I know not knowing the story or anything, it's kind of a shot in the dark. But Kevin, what do you, what do you think? Have you even thought about the possibility of seeing something? Because I know we got the the inkling that Boba Fett might still be alive with the whole sound of the spurs walking up to, uh, the, I forget the character's name now. Fennec Shand. The, yeah. Fennec Shannon. I was thinking about the other, the guy. Um, but yeah, he walks up to Fennec Shannon and, and repairs it. And we hear the iconic spurs that if you're an old trilogy fan, original trilogy, 
you know that Boba Fett was given that sound effect when he walked in the room, even though he didn't have spurs on. Um, anything like that? Is is there going to be that shock? Are we going to get that? Are they going to continue that tradition? What do you think? I think it has to be with uh, him going back to Mandalore. I, I think that needs to, because he's supposed to go take a bath in the supposed... I don't know, Mandalore pools to redeem himself or whatever it is because of what the armor <laughs> said. Um, but I think he's going to find something more there and there's going to be a surprise there. So yes, I would love to see that tradition, whether they he meets someone there because he thinks that this world is dead. But I think it would be a really cool sign and strength of Mandalore that it had, that parts of it not only has survived the initial raising and bombing in the night of a thousand tears, that something has now lived on, uh, whether it's in secret or whatever, and whoever it is that he meets, maybe this is where we meet uh, Christopher Lloyd. I don't know. But I, I think there should be a big surprise regarding that because that's where he's going right now. Unless he gets an unexpected ally on the way, and that might be the other thing that I could see. Maybe he doesn't get to Mandalore uh, in Episode 1, but that's the only other thing I could think of. Ted? Well... If it's not the return of Mace Windu, I'm not interested. <laughs> that, that's exactly what I was saying. <laughs> There's your Jedi. There's your Jedi yeah. for the movie. Yeah, in, man. In there all, it is. In all, in all seriousness, there um, it is. because Sam, Sam Jackson has mentioned in a number of interviews that Jedi can survive the falls of great heights. And he's also a big time San Antonio Spurs fan. So shout out to Sam Jackson. But I, I think that one of the big surprises is probably going to be a, a new big bad to focus on, right? And that's mainly because, um, you know, friend of our show, Giancarlo Esposito, has already – he broke the news with me that he was going to be in the third season. But he's in a lot of ways been defeated. And so we need somebody new to focus on, uh, somebody higher up, somebody uh, more sinister. And so – this whole conflict will be regarding yeah. that's that's this that's, whole conflict that's, yeah. is going to be um, about the the fight for Mandalore or the lack of wanting to take over Mandalore for some characters. Um, but I think somewhere in this season we get a tease that we're going to have to focus and worry about somebody new who's coming out of the darkness or who's ready to step into the light. And so we'll see. Interesting, Ryan. Man, um, you know, to be honest, I so this is uh, not something leading up to another series, right? It's something that we think that they'll just give it to us for this season, right? So, so like, well, it's intertwined into all the shows that Favreau, Filoni okay. are doing, and they're Favreau. I mean, obviously, you know, we're gonna see Bandit Cumberbatch come out as Thrawn. I'm just, <laughs> uh, I mean, it, you know, that'll be the perfect casting there. I, I've seen so many like who could be Thrawn and all the uh, fan casting. But, I mean, you know, Thrawn's my number one choice here. I mean, if it's not Mace Windu, I guess, I guess, not Mace Windu. I'm with you there, Ted. Mace Windu all the way. But, I mean, if it, that's not the case, then I'll stick with Thrawn. I think I'll be happy because it would make sense, though, because Ahsoka, they mentioned it in, in uh, whenever Ahsoka was there. Uh, they mentioned it uh, very lightly, right? So, I mean, it, it definitely would uh, tie into Ahsoka's um in some way i, w I would think um it's, it's a her series knowing that it's all you know the you know the john favreau de filoni you know franchise uh 
franchise series. And so keeping it that same storyline, I think that would make sense. You know, him trying to form back the Empire, knowing that the Emperor's dead, but he's not really dead because he's alive in Rise of Skywalker. But it just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I'll leave it at that. Yeah. Thrawn. Maddie B, who's your surprise guest? Um, I definitely don't think we're, you'll get Thrawn in 29 minutes of episode one. Um, I, I don't see that coming at all. I don't want it to be Mace Window either. I don't even want a Mace Window return, not because I don't love the character, and I, that, not that I don't love Sam L, but at, at some point, universe, like we have to have consequences uh, in universes. And so if everyone could just always come back, if uh, I, I don't like it when, when um, you know, stories do that. So, you know, I think just let that lie. Uh, maybe Cobb Vance. Um, there was, um, you know, at the end of Book of Boba Fett, it seemed like I, I think that if you, if you get any sort of character or anything like that that may make a cameo there in 29 minutes, uh, potentially Cobb Vance, I think, would, would be my bet. Good ally to have, too. Yeah. Again, yeah, it, it could be maybe piggybacking on what Matt B said. Maybe it could be as simple as seeing Cad Bane walking the desert hmm. and showing yeah. that he actually did survive and make it out of there. I don't know. Yeah. That would be kind of like a nice synergy between him and Boba Fett, the endings. Um, the other big question I got for you guys is, will we see how and who rescued Grogu during Order 66? Kevin? <laughs> uh, hmm. If it... Obviously, it would have to be a Jedi, right? So would that be a young Jedi? Would it be someone with, we already know that they could rope into the story? I don't know. Uh, otherwise, I'm kind of fine with that story being teased and not having to hear the whole story. Mm-hmm. Unless they're going to go ahead and bring a Jedi into it. And as Maddie had mentioned, if they're going to have a film, they have to have a, a Jedi. Because we need to see lightsabers in Star Wars movies, uh, you know, y- you know, to see something happening here. So... Um, I, I'm kind of on the fence about that. I, I, I don't want, I don't, I mean, how much of the flashbacks that did we really need to see of the, of Din, <laughs> Din himself, you know, yeah. you know, he got, he got saved. Uh, but I don't want the Mandalorian to be overshined because of a Jedi, you know, yes, we mm-hmm. have Ahsoka, but we need him to be front and center and stuff like that. So I, I, I'm fine. I don't think so. I think we're we're done with that. Interesting. Yeah, I just flashed a picture here with uh, the right side. We all got to see this picture or this. Um, the trailer had this in it with Jedi protecting Grogu on the left hand side. You can see if you're watching on YouTube, you can yeah. see the lightsabers reflecting in his eyes. So this seems to be the moment where he's being protected. Um, actually, no, this picture not because he's wearing the the armor underneath his uh, cloak there. But well, keep, um, keep one thing in mind, um, David, is that in that book of Boba Fett episode, and I do think this needs to be addressed and maybe this is where I might be wrong. That when Luke says, it's not that I'm teaching him, it's that he's starting to remember. Right. So mm. I think that that is what's going to be really crucial to this season is that stuff yeah. that he's already learned or things that he used to remember is going to start to come forward. Mm. Yeah, like friends that he lost and and people yeah. that were training. Yeah, and it's yeah, just the exactly. anger. Yeah, the anger. Yeah. Anger, you will. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I you know I, I uh, 
to be honest, I kind of feel that we might, you know, we might. I, I, I don't know about you guys, but I want to see Hayden Christensen kill some young, younglings, man. I don't know about y'all. We probably won't. <laughs> we probably will We probably won't get it, but because it's Disney. Disney. Skywalker, yeah, Skywalker. again. <laughs> He's here to protect us. Like it just, it, yeah. It's definitely. Um, I definitely want to see that, but I, I'm pretty sure we're not going to see it. Uh, and but you know, I kind of want to see more of. I think Ogana is going to protect him. I really think because they've been using him a lot as a, as a as a failsafe almost. You know, um, uh, Senator Ogana. I kind of feel like that. We saw him in Tales of the Jedi more. We saw him, you know, come come forth in other series. And so, you know, it, I I kind of really feel like that they're going to really use him to where like I'm going to get him out of here or any or I don't know. I mean, it could just be a youngling saving him at the last second, and then boom, he's taken off on the ship and he gets killed. By a clone, so I mean, it could be just as simple as that, where they don't have to explain who this Jedi is, and they just kill him right then and there. So I mean, that would make sense there, but I, I don't know. Matty B, who rescues Grogu? Um, it's tough. I when you think about it, especially through some of the scenes that we've seen with uh, Ahsoka, um, sort of being around some of these things. Um, you think back to Padme's funeral, you think back to certain things. Um, and Jedi, uh, even going back to Obi-Wan Kenobi in the first few movies, they don't always tell you right away things that they already know about you. They kind of want to let you figure it out for yourself. So we've seen Ahsoka with Grogu, but that doesn't mean that she would um, necessarily just come out and say, hey, I'm the person who saved you from this thing. Um, yeah. Leading him on a personal journey. It makes the most sense to me it was Ahsoka. Um, giving the time frame, but I don't think it's given... possible for Ahsoka because I think she was on the bridge of that one ship at the end of Clone Wars, uh, season seven. With uh, it, with it's Cody, gotta be right? her, or maybe uh, who was the um, uh, the, the Jedi with the long white ponytail? I forget his name, uh, but you can kind of see him in the scene actually. Um, yeah, Nick Gillard, the stunt coordinator, played uh, Sindralig, uh, Jedi. Sindralig. So, but yeah. so I mean, it could be him. It makes the most sense to me that, like, for example, if you're going to go as far to think that in this same time between um, Mace Windu falling out of the window of the of the senator's office, that he was suddenly mm -hmm. able to make it over to the Jedi Temple, that t same time frame could work a lot easier for Ahsoka, I think. Uh, to have made it back to the Jedi Temple. Did so. Mace lose one one hand or two? What one hand? One hand. One, one hand. hand. Other hand force stop on the ground. Yeah. I'm just kidding. That's, <laughs> what, I'm, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> there you one hand. Hey, who who survived with one hand? Who survived with one hand? That's yeah. all I'm saying. <laughs> but if, if, yeah. if if that timeline works for you oh, and you if you want to buy into that theory, then you have to believe that Ahsoka could have oh, made it man. there as well. And who was more tuned in with Anakin and his emotions? Um, oh, at that certain time than Ahsoka as well. Um, I would lean that way, but that's just that's what I think. Maybe we won't get it, though. I'm with Kevin, too. I don't know that we need to. What I'm more interested in is who's pulling this memory from him. Who is he working with during this scene? Um, that would mean that we're probably going to have another Force user there who's working with Grogu or maybe connects with Grogu again to pull this memory um, from him. Like he, we, we've seen a little bit with Luke and Ahsoka. Yeah. I'm more interested in how this memory comes about for him during the show than who saves him almost. Maybe he's dreaming it. Yeah, maybe he yeah. zoom out to Snowflake. Yeah, maybe he's dreaming. Maybe he's getting so force connected with because you know of all the you know the midichlorians, he's getting too powerful. 
And then his, his memory starts coming back to him a little bit, little by little. Could be just himself. You never know. Yeah, I think I think there's going to be another Jedi in here, and I'm thinking that with Ahsoka coming up, it makes a lot of sense to kind of tease a little bit more of her story. Uh, some of the Thrawn stuff might come into the later of this that really sets up Ahsoka. Um, the series, I I'm not sure. I hope that it's again. I'm still saving out hope for Cal. Uh, you know, there's other Jedi out here. That's all I'm saying. What's I, I Luke like doing? What's Luke doing? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> He's um, trying and, to set up the temple. Is anyone opposed <laughs> to him coming back to the Mandalorian? Come on. I'm no. There I'm are definitely people. not. But I, I would say that it's <sighs> milking it. Would it. Seem, it would <laughs> seem <laughs> odd. Like why would he? Because uh, that would that would be like a scorned lover. Like he just yeah. asked. He just asked Grogu who he wanted to go with. And Grogu clearly chose the Mandalorian. Like, is yeah. Luke just like stalking them? I mean, is he just like, hey, I can't believe he chose them over me? And like, <laughs> um, it's oh, a weird man. position for Luke to be in. Yeah, um, to, to be there. But yeah. maybe because they made such a connection, maybe Grogu gets in a little bit of trouble, or maybe he's stressed out about something and connects with Luke uh, via the Force. You know, you never know. So we'll see. Could work. That, that's the be- most beautiful thing about it. In a few days, uh, we'll be on the journey to knowing. Yeah, I agree. And my other question is, uh, what of Bo-Katan? What are her intentions? What is her thought process now? Because her whole goal is to be the ruler of Mandalore, and she cannot do that unless she wins the Darksaber back via combat. And right now, the rightful heir and ruler to Mandalore is Din Djarin, the Mandalorian. So is she going challenge. to challenge, challenge. Din Djarin? Hundred percent season. So not only get... this season, I don't know if this season, but I think her current game is going to challenge. She wants. I mean, yeah, she wants to be the leader of her people. I mean, we we so think it. she's going to yeah. turn against Dinjar and just straight up go after him. Just be like in front of in front of whole Mandalore. Whenever they get all the people together, she's just going to challenge. I challenge you to a duel. Do, I don't know. Des- desires as strong as hers do not work out well in Star Wars stories. I'll say that. Um, and also rightful leaders are are typically the ones who don't set out on the path of wanting to lead, but end up in that scenario. So I, I, I really see Bo-Katan, um, fighting for this so much. She wants it so bad that she'll lose it. And, um, you know, it's, it's just desires as strong as hers to want something selfishly like that. Um, do not work out well in Star Wars stories or pretty much life for that matter. Um, typically, the, the best person to lead is the person who uh, wants it the least or a reluctant um, leader. Yeah. 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 Kevin, what do you think? You think Bo Katan's going to go? They're going to bump heads. Yeah, they're going to bump heads. There's probably going to be a fight and a struggle. But I think that when it comes to uniting Mandalore, the Mandalorian Din has to understand and realize that Bo is one that he has to convince that the dark saber is a curse. The dark saber is one of the um, banes of existence of Mandalore because it's, it's become this thing that not only create people crave power for this thing, that I wouldn't be surprised if the dark saber gets destroyed because of the, hardships that hits that it has brought to to mandalore and Mm. that this old code of owning and becoming the rightful owner of the dark saber thus means that is who should lead look where the look where the dark saber's been and whose hands it's been in and what good has it done Mm. 
And I think that she's the one that needs to be convinced of that. And I think um, eventually the Mandalorian will be the person to do that because she has, she's the voice of many, many Mandalorians. And then you got the flip side with the armorer. The armor is also going to have to be convinced of this as well. Um, You know, and and I think that uh, I, you know, her her desire is dangerous and usually desires like that like you you guys just said that it doesn't end well but i would love to see her take that turn and learn from yeah. their mistakes as cool as the dark saber is it's what's going to destroy and keep um the leftover you know mandalorians um continuously fighting yeah, General Kenobi says he wants Tar Vizsla. I'd love to see a, a live-action, full-color Tar Vizsla flashback. The first Mandalorian Jedi. That'd be pretty cool. You know, we all got that really cool, like, animated thing in Rebels, I believe. But uh, yeah. to see I, it you, in live-action would be awesome. Do you think Death Watch might come back? Like, there'll be uh, the Mandalore could be split between the Death Watch, you know, that heritage, you know, just like, oh, you're not... Ma- you're not true mandalore blood or everything or like you think they'll really have that division between them when they're forming back together um it feels like there's more mandalorians that we're kind of thinking there are an actual existence because you got shots from the trailer where you're seeing mandalorians that we've never seen before yeah and it looks it it looks like there's other kind of like nooks and crannies in the galaxy that they've been hiding and waiting for the opportunity to come back. And this might be that opportunity to all reassemble back on their home planet of Mandalore or conquered Dawn. Um, Ted, what are your ideas about Bo-Katan this season? Uh, I'm going to go back to your last question real quick. Cause I didn't get to answer. Oh, uh, Grogu saved. I think people are, don't overthink it. Right. Uh, might it be something that kind of gives us more to the story? Yes, that would be definitely awesome if that was possible. But it could also just be a really iconic scene of like a Jedi, just as an example, Mace Windu coming back <laughs> and with his last dying <laughs> last oh, dying breath Ugh. saving younglings from the temple. Not just Grogu, but other younglings. With his one hand? Puts them in an yeah. egg-shaped Dude. container. I could see that. I could see that. And Absolutely. be like, oh, be dead for real now. Dang. Absolutely. A lot of yeah. lot of shows, a lot of movies, they just have these Come on, they did it with Leia. They did it with iconic. Leia. Last Jedi, which I hate that scene, but they did it with Leia. Come on. <laughs> you think Sam <laughs> Jackson's going to want that? He's going to like, oh, you're going to bring me back? <laughs> what, for 10 minutes and kill me again? Come Even Tibbet, it's five. <laughs> I didn't kill you. It's, uh, it's have Disney money. Have him escape after that. You know? <laughs> it's Disney money. Not, not a lot of people yeah. turn down Disney money. I need, the I need the, a, the need other thing. Grizzled mace, you know, 30 year old, 30 years later mace. That's what I need. I would not, I would not hate that at all. The other thing that I've considered, and I'm not sold on this whatsoever. But the other thing that I've considered is, is, and I've talked about this on this show before, Filoni and Favreau have been trying to correct things in the Star Wars universe that fans have not always been very positive about. Um, I've talked about the Sarlacc pit. I've talked about midichlorians. They've all tried to just make things easier to digest for the fandom. What if for one, for like this flashback, 
what if they actually show Anakin not being able to kill younglings? Like, I understand it's been referenced so many times, mm. but what if he actually gets stopped? And then what if those younglings, the ones that he actually doesn't convert, doesn't he convert some of them, I think? We got that with uh, Riz, Raz, what was her name? <clears throat> um, what if, you know, a lot of them get out, and so the darkest thing that yeah. Anakin's ever done is actually kind of rewritten to where like, Oh cool. We get to like strike that. It's okay that he's a force ghost now with Yoda and everybody else, because he didn't kill the younglings. They actually but, got out and made it out alive. Did, oh, hold on. Hold on. Didn't, didn't uh, Obi-Wan see the footage? Was the footage killing the, the Padawan All of them? killing ah. the younglings? That's the thing. That's the question. I mean, they were kids. They were like, I mean, from the from the movie we're talking about, right? It's I mean, yeah. little kids. Yeah, uh, yeah Kenobi well, specifically said younglings being killed. Younglings, yeah. yeah well, true. um, the video of Anakin shows him killing what was a Jedi that you just mentioned? Relic. It that's yeah. what we saw on the um high, but once we turn to Yoda, he Yoda is the one who confirms that there's also younglings. I don't think that that was actually shown in the hologram of him kill I, it, yeah we don't it, it's, it's off screen it, stuff it, but yeah. when all Snow, we saw in the hologram Padme about yeah. the hologram you saw yeah he's like yeah. he has his mouth covered and he's like i i saw him kill younglings yeah so yeah uh, again I mean, and but things that we've seen or said in star wars especially star wars this franchise uh, yeah do not always happen the way they're supposed to you so, got that all right, i'm Ted. saying <laughs> all i'm saying is there's a possibility they might want to retcon that one little thing and that's just one element of why we're seeing another flashback. Now, let's get to Bo-Katan. Yes, everything you guys have said. She's determined. She's motivated. It's dangerous. Absolutely. It's been said by you guys that she's going to challenge Jin. And does he have any reason to accept? No. Zero reason. He's not interested. Doesn't care. He'd rather relax. He'd rather just chill with his adoptive son and just go to a beach or something. However, he now has something that he is afraid for. He now has someone <laughs> that he uh, is living for. And so that is probably the only thing that would motivate him or force force is a better answer, uh, word force him to actually accept a challenge is by taking Grogu. Or bringing harm to those that he is actually friends with now. He has a close circle of unit of friends right now in this universe. And so if Bo-Katan wants to force his hand, uh, there's only one way to do it, in my opinion. Yeah. That's the only way that it happens. Yeah, now, there's two different factions of Mandalorians. It's Bo-Katan's side and then Children of the Watch, which is the armor, Paz Vizsla, yeah. and Din Djarin. I and mean, so I'm I I'm not a writer, but I have aspired to be uh, a writer in movies or TV or film or anything like that. And so I'm always trying to think of what is the best, not the case scenario, but what is the most interesting thing that could happen? And mm. so my this is just a shot in the dark. It's not a fan theory based on anything that I've seen, no evidence whatsoever. But I don't believe we will have a leader of Mandalore. I don't think we're going to have a wielder of the Darksaber by the end of this. I think the way this story ends is there is no Darksaber to wield. And that is how you solve this conflict. So destroyed. 
Jin doesn't want to fight. Would make sense. Bo-Katan yeah. Would does not want to not fight. And so I feel like the best way to end this conflict is by destroying that saber. No saber, no problems. I mean, they did it with Skywalker saber, so I mean, I could, I would see why they wouldn't do it with this one. That makes that that would make sense. Take it to the volcano Mount Doom, drop it into the fire. (laughs) Oh man. Yeah, and and Filoni does have a, a certain kinship to the Lord of the Rings, and that would be an interesting kind of parallel because we're all going to get Ahsoka the White, presumably, in the Ahsoka show. <laughs> so, all right, yeah, those are all my major questions I had. Did you guys have any kind of like questions on the top of your mind that you had for season three? Hmm. Uh, I okay. I want to ask you guys this. Shout out, shout out to Kenobi who did an incredible interview with Leilani Shu uh, last weekend. It was it was fantastic. Uh, it was probably one of his first big interviews. So shout out to him who absolutely killed it. My apologies, Kevin. Sorry. Shout no, out. no, no worries. Good call on that, by the way. Um, episode running times. Anyone else a little annoyed by this? <laughs> Matty B, the floor is all yours. Matty B was on. He was on it, on it, a hundred percent. He and I'm, I'm gonna, I'm kind of with him there too on the on the episodes, man. It's like set the what timer is, what for thirty six minutes. I'm not watching. Uh, I mean, as much as I love Ted Lasso, I'm not watching Ted Lasso. I'm watching the Mandalorian. But I'm just saying, I'm just saying there because they're they're doing some Ted Lasso run times there, and I'm just like, what the heck? <laughs> yeah, and still only um, eight episodes, right? Only eight episodes. Oh, only Here's eight. Here's the schedule. Oh, yeah. That's brutal. Is the last two like two hours long, or is it? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> they co- they're covering it. They're covering it. The last two are Bryce Dallas Howard, and she's they're they're two hours long each. So we're good. We got it. Don't worry, guys. So the Just first episode of season that. two was actually over an hour long, I believe, and it was fantastic. It was almost like a yeah. mini movie. So there you go. Yeah, but they make, yeah, they're, they're maybe kind the of last reverting two. back, and yeah, it's it's reported that it's going to be thirty five minutes for the first episode of Mandalorian season three, mm. but, which is ten minutes of credits, <laughs> right? So it's gonna, well, Damn. yeah. So if you reduce the the intro What's, and then the recap and then the credits, that, it drops to the twenty range essentially. So what 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 was the series again? I can't remember, even though I. Uh, it was a it was a Star Wars series. Was it Andor or was it um, Book of Bubba Fett where it was so quick and like, oh no 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 I'm sorry it wasn't even it was She Hulk where it was so quick it was like what tw- uh, thirty minutes or something and like it was it was just so like when you got people were like man I just got my popcorn out and it's already over and I was just like oh man. <laughs> like people were complaining about the runtime so She Hulk which was a comedy sitcom so appropriately oh, thirty oh, minute episode oh, that I expected vendor here expected. comes. Here comes the. Here comes the. Oh man, She Hulk was terrible. Uh, Ted, I, I just get think Andor. I, I just think yeah. Andor set a precedence of giving us those extra episodes and still keeping it within like thirty-five to forty-five. Yeah. Minutes. You know, it gave uh, it gave time to breathe. It gave time for characters to have moments together a little bit longer and get to know them a little bit and and set up yeah. the bigger picture and stuff. So. Um, I just, you know, the, the six episodes for Obi-Wan, the eight for Mandalorian, that's, that's the only thing that's bugging me. I just, give me I know, more I hate it. 
I hated. Yeah, I, I was ex so excited for Obi Wan, and those first two episodes were so good. And then I was all like, "Wait, there's only four more left." Imagine just, if they even yeah. got eight or twelve. How much Dude. they could have flushed out. They could have done a lot. They yeah. could have done a lot. They really could have. They and and as much as recycled material Disney uses, they do. They yeah. use a lot of recycled material. Yeah. They could have capitalized on that, and and who you know maybe maybe about a year from now, oh, we're doing a Kenobi season two or something. I don't know. It just, I mean. Putting more Ewan McGregor is a hundred percent sure bang for your buck. It really is. I mean, come on, yeah. and well, get the Jawa back. Well, <laughs> get get well, her back in there. Ryan Ryan has actually created a new character in Star Wars, Bubba Fett, and I I I, <laughs> I, 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 I keep imagining like just Boba Fett in overalls and like a straw hanging out of his mouth and like drinking Mountain <laughs> Dew. Uh, Bubba Fett, I love that. But the um. Uh, 29 minutes doesn't matter to me as long as it's a good 29 minutes. I've, I've suffered through an hour and 15 minute runtime of a terrible show. And, Look. Um, you know, it's, it, it's okay. <laughs> like, you know, like an hour and 15 minutes yeah. of a bad show is Look, I, I'd rather I, have 29 minutes of something good. I think it gives us more reason to believe there's a bang in this first episode. There's a bigger issue here. I alter my sleep schedule to make sure I get this watched before I go to work. And for those wow. of you that know me, hold on. Those of you that know me, David knows I go to bed early because I get up at two o'clock in the morning to go to work because I'm an, I work an early shift. That means I get up at 1 a.m. to watch Mandalorian. And I want to make sure shit. that if I can get more than 30 minutes, that would be nice. Because I don't want to be spoiled. That's why I watch it before oh, I go to work. Damn. But, uh, again, I, I think 29 minutes is insanely um, small. Uh, again, it's like 35. For our first episode. Well, we'll say 29. It, it's insanely small for as long as we've been out. It, there's Obviously, they knew that that would cause backlash. Uh, the marketing geniuses over at Disney uh, probably knew that that was going to get clicks. And that's just much more and more traction for them. But it does set me up to believe that they're not going to do a 29-minute boring episode I, I think that actually it's much more likely we get something awesome because it's 29 minutes than if we had an hour and 15 of just resetting up with old characters and maybe we're not really advancing the story that far um because yeah. I've, sat, I've sat through hour-long uh shows that sucked and i would much rather have been 29 minutes of stuff that was good so i'm just yeah. gonna hold out and hope that i'm right it's and good. yeah if i hedge that way then I'm definitely going to be disappointed because I'm always wrong. Except except for the Bryce Dallas Howard thing. I, I called that, Dave. <laughs> it comes up every time you're on the show. <laughs> I was waiting for it. Everybody take a drink. <laughs> That's on the bingo card for sure. That's on the bingo card. Shout out oh, to BDH. Yeah. So before we go, the last two things I want to talk about, two wild rumors that kind of bubbled to the surface uh, just hours before the podcast, really. So we all know Star Wars Celebration. They're going to announce a film or a series of films. We don't really know. I'm expecting Damon Lindelof to be there, walk across the stage, talk about his new film or trilogy of films. But there now is a report that Daisy Ridley will be involved somehow, some way in some... Um, sequels after the sequel type Ew. projects um and Ew. there's also a rumor uh on top of that that maybe just maybe it might involve the number one character i think of all time in star wars and that ray skywalker will be paired with grogu <laughs> oh man um wait first uh i know i think i saw your post david uh 
is is yeah, Star Celebration comment. is okay. Yeah, it's, is is Star Wars Celebration is is not being live streamed, right? Or is it? That's the other thing I posted. That's I'm another pissed. point of contention yeah. because apparently uh, there's reports of people calling customer service and saying, "Hey, how do I watch Celebration?" And systematically, they've been told they've been given the same answer wow. that it's not going to be streamed to YouTube or any other wow, you know, streaming that, yeah website that, or anything. Yeah. Damn, that gets me going at work. So I'm just like, I'm at, you, you know, streaming it while, you know, like just working, trying to work at the same time. And it's just, yeah, it, dang it. That sucks. But um, I don't know about that. I mean, I mean, it's kind of hard to imagine that because Daly really even said it in countless interviews of other movies that she doesn't want to go back. She's done just like, you know, uh, just like Finn. You well, know, not just, so yeah. much Daisy Ridley. It's, it's more John Boyega that keeps on yeah. saying stuff like he doesn't want to be a part of star wars like famously he said when disney plus was about to launch he doesn't want to be disney plus he didn't want to be in a star wars show he only yeah. wanted to do films and he only only wanted to do films with jj kathy oscar isaac and daisy ridley which i don't know it, it for me it's, it's a weird statement but yeah it would be fantastic to have a finn show and maybe continue on his character as finn the ex-stormtrooper force yeah. sensitive becoming a Jedi and maybe lead his own trilogy and his own Jedi temple or Jedi Academy possibly. But yeah, we don't know. It feels like Daisy Ridley is going to be involved sooner than later. We all know she made that trip to Lucasfilm several months ago and posted about it on social media and said, don't worry guys, or don't get alarmed or don't get uh, excited <laughs> about this. I was just visiting. I'm not here for anything else. But I was like, okay, well, she traveled all the way from the UK to California just for a visit. Uh, that, that, didn't sit, that didn't sit too I well mean, for me. Um, so yeah, I think yeah. I think she's involved some way somehow. In a she movie. might walk across that stage, definitely for a film. I think yeah. the way that Star Wars progresses and makes more money is through the films and through the theater, because apparently. Disney Plus isn't making a whole lot of money for them. Yeah. Um, so, and like Kevin alluded to earlier in the podcast, you have Grogu, you have Din Djarin, you have the Mandalorian. Make a Mandalorian film. I'm sounding like a broken record here. I talked about it on the last <laughs> podcast. He said home Man. run. I say slam dunk. It's a slam Man. dunk to do those films. So, uh, is that rumor? Yeah. I, I would say more so now it's more possible because Bob Iger's giving back creativity back to the where it should be instead of looking at more as a um, finance, you know, uh, when it comes down to like putting people that are bankers into the leadership roles of like, Oh, we got to make this film this way and all this stuff. It's it definitely, I would say more. So it's definitely way more possibility now yeah. knowing that, that Bob Iger, cause I mean, he didn't, you know, Bob Iger got, I mean, he didn't buy it, but he got star Wars to Disney. Like, yeah. like why, why would you get a, an entertainment? You know, it's of its own entity, of such a huge, huge pop culture and like not capitalize on more movies and not just Disney plus. Cause they, you know, when he bought it, there was no Disney plus. There was no really a streaming network or uh, at that time. And it just, you know, at the, at that time they were just like movies, movies, movies. What's yeah, the next well, he, one? Well he, well, he just, he just made a bad bet on, mm. he just made a bad bet on COVID. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, COVID really kind of, screwed some things up for the previous ceo i mean everyone's at uh, all of a sudden now movies are being released on streaming disney plus is still relatively new at the time and he was saying well we're going to go all in on this 
because we don't know when we're going to get back in theaters or if it's ever going to be the same again. You have to, I mean, the world was a different time <laughs> when, when some things got scrapped. So I don't know if it's all on him. Uh, he's out because he pissed off Ron DeSantis and they needed somebody who could, who could deal with the, the government there in Florida a little bit better to save them money on those taxes uh, and maybe try to work that deal out again. I think that's the only reason why um, that change happened there at all. But, you know, that's another story for another day. Interesting. Anyone uh, have any ideas about uh, Daisy really possibly joining Star Wars for more sequels to the sequel? Well, I mean, she's beautiful. Do I do I want to see Daisy Ridley in more movies? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Daisy Ridley is awesome. Um, you know, and I, I think some of the the hate of the um, the sequel trilogy is starting to die down a little bit. Um, you know, it's that that the fever stream that comes after new Star Wars releases. Is, is a tough thing to deal with. It's a tough thing for the actors to deal with, especially those who hadn't been in roles that size before. And um, looking at the comments online, looking at the, the fever pitch that comes, you know, it can scare actors off of projects. But now that that's died down a little bit, I, I think that, I, I think the really the only way that they can keep going is they have to continue the sequel trilogy. And not because I love the sequel trilogy, but I, I see that as really the only step forward if they want to put out a movie soon because it's established already and it's less of a risk than starting a brand new idea or project that could just flop. Ted? <laughs> not, not excited to see what Ray is doing in this universe going forward. Uh, Daisy's fantastic. She's yeah. a wonderful character, but uh, this Skywalker saga, because this is still part of that, right? Yeah. Um, has it has ended. It's, we have closure, whether or not we we they appreciated it. it, yeah. Whether or not we appreciated how it ended, uh, <laughs> we have closure now. So please do not open that box again. Um, they're trying <laughs> some things in the past with the acolyte, which I'm really looking forward to. And if you really want to um, motivate Star Wars fans to go to the movies, go back to the Old Republic. Start whenever the hell you want to start, but go back to the Old Republic. And let's watch some like epic Star Wars stories from that era because it's arguably the best era. I mean, there's everything you can have during that time period. Um, there's a number of stories you can tell from that time period. Choose any number of characters. They're all interesting. Let's just do it already. Um, yeah. So please, 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 um, let's not continue on because I feel like we, we're all done with it. Whether we liked it or hated it, um, we're all done with it, and we need to try things that we know can work. I'm going to quote a famous starship captain, Kirk, in Star <laughs> Trek V. <laughs> Don't take my pain away. I need my pain. And I'm sorry, but the sequel trilogy is still very raw for me. Um the Last Jedi still just irks the hell out of me. I'm not oh, over it. I, I'm, I'm, I, yeah, I, I'm being very light. I, with I, you, I yeah. just can't get over it. And what, what's sad yeah. about this, and I don't want to discount this, there are some wonderful moments between the sequel main, you know, with Ray and and uh, Finn and Poe. And and I don't, and you know, Finn just got straight up screwed out of a really oh, good yeah. storyline. And yes, I could see, I could see that being something that they develop. And you know. But it would take, and I'll be the first to admit, it would take 
some really deep, deep soul searching of my own, maybe some counseling, whatever it is for me <laughs> to get over <laughs> how much the sequel trilogy has scarred me. Um, with, yeah. To the point that what I almost kind of wish Mandalorian would stop scratching the what's happening, going to happen in the sequel with the cloning stuff. I kind of mm. wanted them to just keep pushing that away because I don't want them to get anywhere near that era. But then I have to look on the other side when I made uh, a famous uh, Star Wars, when I realized that the sequel trilogy wasn't for me, that it's not up to me. It, the sequel trilogy is going to become nostalgic for the people that are half my age and younger, probably the young kids that love and look up to these people. And so that would be the time to celebrate it. Whether I go on that ride or not, it's going to be really weird because I usually see all star Wars at least once with the exception of some of those uh, anime series that came out in, in the, uh, the resistance. <laughs> um, but <laughs> it's, it's really going to take me some deep soul searching for me to even attempt to get excited about that. And if it does come to fruition to even go to it, because I am not ready for that. Mm -hmm. um, to me, I've disowned the sequel trilogy for that reason. And it really sucks because those are wonderful actors and there's some yeah. good characters. There was so much good potential, but the overall writing arc and the horrendous way that that story, those stories were not handled well, really put, unfortunately, Daisy in a situation where she's not being cast in films because of this, you know, and she's, it sucks because she's such a wonderful, talented actress. And when you guys were talking about musical moments, I remember hearing that Ray theme for the first time. And that was like up there, yeah. you know, that gives me, yeah, it still gives me, it still gives me chills hearing that Ray theme for the first True. time. And then I never heard anything that got up to that anywhere near the sequel trilogy stuff, but that's going backwards there. But that, that's how I feel about it. Leave it alone just yeah you know i don't i don't think they would i mean it's it's i mean they said it you know they're done with the skywalker <sighs> saga it's this completes it uh it, it really sucks yeah. too for us that are older and have jobs and disposable income that want to spend money on this stuff i yeah i rarely own anything super trilogy now i got rid of it yeah but, but i mean the thing is i've heard this twice now from from two people that i usually respect their opinions of one of those being uh ted and one of those being ryan there um the skywalker saga is over the star wars is the skywalker saga in fact i think i think one of the i mean the, it it is yeah you're toughest, right the it toughest is. thing it, that you're ever going to do is not it have is the skywalker saga even if you go back to Acolyte, yeah you're still I mean, in this, because it, we know how the story yeah. is. How dare Kathleen Kennedy tell she, us to to move on from the Skywalker? Yeah, film? I mean she that, that that's I'm just how I'm just stating <laughs> I'm just stating what what you know what Kathleen uh, Kennedy the lead of Lucasfilm has said they're Star done with Skywalker. Wars, Star Wars yeah. is yeah. The Skywalker. But it I mean are any we'll are, tell you when we're done. You will not. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. And I don't believe uh, Kathleen Kennedy when she yeah. said that because how does the the last movie end? Um, yeah. That is saying that we're yeah. continuing the Skywalker saga, if anything. Um, nobody has the right to say that the Skywalker saga is over. In fact, if you don't have the Skywalkers evolved, is, is it even a Star Wars story? Um, uh, Star Wars is about the Skywalkers. Yeah, I, I, think, I think they're trying to do a little bit more on the creative side of trying to expand like they did expand with mental uh, with with the um 
with the Mando series, e- even though e- even though there is a Skywalker in there now. <laughs> I mean, obviously but there is still, <laughs> it's still it still is a Skywalker in there. But uh, I, 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 yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to be tough. Uh, Ahsoka, but just, Skywalker saga. I mean, Ahsoka's not really a Skywalker, though, technically. But, but she's the apprentice of... Should have been! <laughs> and and with, with all the... I mean, it's still oh, open for Luke Soka. Luke Soka could be a thing. You never know. Oh, God. But, um, um, I, I get it. It, it. I agree with you. I agree with you, but then to, um, at the same time, just like... I'm, I don't want to say I'm done with the Skywalkers, but it's just it's just one of those things to where like I mean they busted the lightsaber the the bust you know it just they kind of ended everything continuously just being like okay we're you know we're done the that's the Emperor's daughter or whatever it just that was yeah Rise of Skywalker and Last Jedi it's sad to say I, those are the the two films I actually do not own whatsoever uh, it's definitely definitely sad to say that it, and it's definitely heartbreaking too whenever you hear. GG Abrams. Oh yeah, that wasn't our plan from the get go. Oh yeah, no, that was not the plan. I was I was shoved into this mess, and I was just like, dang it, that that sucks. It definitely splits the, the fans. Skywalker, I thought was good. The Last Jedi again, controversial movie. Didn't like yeah. it. It is the scar um, in my Star Wars memory. The Last Jedi. I exclude that altogether. But I, I'm um, the I'm the poster boy for uh, fanboy tears and butt hurt. There you go. <laughs> and, and it sucks too because what a great director Ryan Johnson is, you know, with his other movies. And it just, yeah. it sucks because it's like, yeah. damn. I mean, it, it really does because people, you know, he, that's on his resume and in, in, sort of speak. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So to recap uh, that conversation, Star Wars Celebration 2023 Europe, episode 10 will be announced. So the next thing <laughs> that I wanted to talk about. Um, I believe that though. The birth Which, of a well, Skywalker. No, it's gonna be named that. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. Yeah. The next thing I want to talk about, the last thing, really, um, or really left uh, Kevin Spirits there. Uh, this dropped right before we podcast. There's a wild rumor out that Luke Lay and Han rumored for a new Disney Plus series. A wild rumor claims Luke Lay and Han will will feature in a new series of short films releasing on Disney Plus. What do you guys think about that? Slam dunk? Yay? Nay? If if it's true, which it sounds too good to be true, all right? Let's just say all that, what we're thinking. It sounds too good to be true. On this show, I said you had the balls enough to bring back Mark Hamill and have him, at least the character of Luke in his prime, portrayed in live action. Um, if you really wanted to send all the fans, just blow all their minds. Yes, more Skywalker in his prime. Leia and Hondo, that's very surprising to hear that. But it was also the most egregious mistake in cinema history that you would continue on Star Wars movies and not have the trio back in one scene. Like It just should have been the number one item on the top of the whiteboard. Like exactly, yeah, true. Luke, Leia, all in one shot. Uh, Even if it was a flashback or something, yeah, something. You just had like one. That's a money maker. That's like money right there. The everything is that that single shot is money maker. Like there's there's just no point in continuing on a franchise this iconic, and you have an opportunity like that and just not do it it's it's just it's unspeakable it's unheard of it's egregious like i mentioned already 
It's just yeah. it should have been the the first thing you wanted to do. Um, for some reason, they thought like, no, we're going to distance ourselves from everything that came before. But it's like, well, then why are you bringing back the characters that were a part of those things? I've yeah. talked, we've talked about this. I've talked about this for years. It's the most egregious thing they've ever done. So if they decide to do it, I'm all for it. I don't know how you accomplish that, but I also thought like you couldn't pull off Skywalker. So they did it. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Nolan Ryan, 680. What do you think? I'm going to say, hell no, they're not. It's not true. Uh, one of the things, you know, to bring up, add on to Ted's thing was that if anyone's been to Galaxy's Edge, why isn't Leia? Why isn't Han? Why isn't Luke lookalike cosplayers walking around, you know, in the parks? That was my number one concerning because even, even Galaxy's Edge that wasn't even done, they had him walking around. They had Vader. They had even um, uh, Darth Maul was even there. Even the like, it just it didn't make sense to they me. They were shoving the yeah. sequel trilogy down our throat, and they put yeah. themselves in a corner. And and I get it, but they also had the old, you know, the, you know, they had Boba Fett. They had everybody, you know, they had they had everybody. And I was just like, oh, okay, this makes sense. All right, cool. They bring him in for a show. Then you get to take pictures with them real quick and whatever, right? But then when I was all when everyone, everyone, I mean, pass holders, I was talking, I lived there. They're like. Oh yeah, when Galaxy's Edge open up, you know we're gonna get all this. Everyone assumed we were gonna get the trio, the trio, the, you know Han, Leia, Luke at Galaxy's Edge, but that was not the case whatsoever. They were just shoving us the Disney trilogy on us, and it was just like, well, I mean, besides Chewbacca, that's from the OG, of course. You know, there was no Han Solo lookalike. There was no, nothing of that measure. So I mean. I just, I just don't believe it because of that reason. Because they could have made so much more money, of you know, of the outfits that they were wearing, the co the you know, people walk around the parks. Um, they could have capitalized on all that merchandise, all that, all that stuff. But I mean, I, I just don't see it being true because of that. Because they didn't capitalize on Galaxy's Edge. But yeah, that's just my take there. Matty B. Um, yeah, it is kind of weird they didn't do that at Galaxy's Edge. Um. But again, I don't. I don't think a lot of kids really know who Luke Skywalker is. I don't think they know who Han Solo is. I don't think they know who Princess Leia is. Uh, to the point that we remember them. I don't think uh, the target audience of Disney doesn't really care about them. And again, I think they had an agenda to push the sequel trilogy down our throats. But um, I'm excited for if if you know. I really doubt that Harrison Ford wants to, anything to do with it. Um, but it, <laughs> if if they brought Price if they brought. Right. <laughs> if they brought if they brought back Luke and Harrison, I'm okay with that. I have a real ethical problem with uh, bringing back artists who've passed away. Um, and, well, I think and, Carrie Fisher's kind of signed off on that stuff. I think, and then he she has Billy Lord, who's been in the sequel. Her daughter, as well, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say her daughter, well, yeah. Well, be, but, yeah. but still, I, I I don't care if if they do. I I, I think it's a weird thing to do. I, I don't. I, I, if an artist can't sign off on the work, if they're not acting out the role then I think that it's really weird to AI deep fake somebody who's passed away for a money grab. And that's all it is. Even if their family gets the money, even if whoever it is, it's, it's, it would all about be about a corporation um, using a likeness of someone who's passed away to make more money. I, and I have, I have yeah. a big ethical issue with that. I, I get that, but I think it'll be more of a young versions of them. Like I, don't, talent, I don't care what it yeah. is. I don't care if they're talent, young. I don't care if they're yeah. old. If uh, Carrie Fisher, God bless her soul and rest in peace is no longer with us. And I don't want 
corporations like Disney or any major movie studio capitalizing and money grabbing on a likeness of someone who's passed away. I, I, I think that's weird. It's a weird precedent to set. And I don't want movies to do that in any shape or form. I, even with Moff Tarkin, I thought it was kind of weird. Um, mm. I don't know. Once you pass, I think it's, you know, it's over. So Kevin, <laughs> the last word. <laughs> no problem with it. Bring them all back. <laughs> There's a reason why they... Star Wars Legends books still outsell anything new. The reason why when you go to actual bookstores and newsstands, you still see them out there. Um, I don't have any problem with bringing back in any way of these characters. Uh, you know, I know the next of kin is usually requested and, and approved. And, and uh, if that can be worked out, that's fine. Even if it's in like an animated form, I'm fine with that as well because these are the characters that, um, and I disagree, everyone, all young people know who Princess Leia is and who Luke is because these are the people that started it and their images are everywhere. Uh, and, and I think that this is the core group of the post-Return of the Jedi stuff that we really need to see anyway. We have the Mandoverse. We need to see what's happening with these people, what they're doing with rebellion. And I, I, and, and for the love of God, please do fans (laughs) justice of showing these people in their prime in the Disney era that we already got in the legends. Do yourself (laughs) right for not bringing these people together for at least one scene in the sequel trilogy celebrate the heroes that they are and for the love of god let the younger people see why we do love them i mean yeah uh, that i agree with you there kevin um they could also even capitalize on you know because they do have leia has her book after the you know uh return of the jedi you know all they have all that they have the literature they do they have the literature playbook of how to do it now i don't know if they will or not i don't know see i could see that as a movie though more of a Disney Plus series, though. See, to clear to clarify too, because I've disowned the sequel trilogy, Legends in my mind still exist, and I like the fact that where Mando is right now, it still fits in that world of what I've seen. A couple little rewrites here and there. Hell, even um, Darth Plagueis in my mind still, even though that's a Legends book, to me that's still canon because of how yeah. where well where that fit. But I, I think that if you're going to rewrite or do some new stories of the, the famous three and Chewbacca and R2D2 and C3PO, you really have a high bar to set. And that is legends. And I hold those stories near and dear to my heart. Some are better than others, but still we got our heroes. Luke was a freaking hero. Han was a hero. Chewie was a hero until he, <laughs> bat, until he died. Leia was a badass. Show those people to the people yeah. who see them now and that you just didn't step on them during the sequel trilogy. I agree with everything Kevin said, except I really think you are um, you're, you're giving kids these days too much credit because I constantly have discussions with my high school teenager about great 90s artists that he's just discovering. Oh, and wow. So I'm getting these questions like, hey, do you guys, have you ever heard of Notorious B.I.G.? I'm like, oh, God, I'm that old <laughs> now? Oh, Notorious B.I.G. is not Damn. Star Wars, but I get you right. I've been in that situation. Yeah. 
Oh, so, okay. so especially just, when my daughter came up to me and said, "Hey, yeah. uh, Dan, have you heard of this album so, called yeah. Rain of Blood' by Slayer?" And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> "So uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to back up Kevin here because uh, any kids that you know takes their kids, you know, they do the lightsaber experience. When you even do the lightsaber experience, if you ever done it, you actually are. They show, they list. You hear Leia's voice. They say this is Leia. They explain." who the voices are, right? They're not seeing them, right? So, like, it kind of it kind of mentions them. It's very quick, right? It's very quick, but I kind of feel like it's they still hear the words because their parents are saying, you know, and whatnot. But, I mean, I, I you know, I just, I kind of feel like that, that you know, that they really, they don't know them as, as much as we do, obviously, but they know of them, I would say, because of that Jedi experience. Because every kid I know that goes to, that I've been that seen at Disney World, or Disneyland, they always go there. I don't know how they get lightsabers all the damn time. I'm like, man, I can barely afford one. I said, damn. I mean, I'm just like, damn, because they're so expensive now. But like, they they have to do that whole experience feel. And you you hear Vader, you hear you, you know, you hear Yoda, you hear Leia, you hear Luke, uh, Obi Wan, and I think that's it. You don't hear Darth Maul. I don't think you hear Darth Maul. And then um, and so like you kind of they kind of the leader that's doing the whole ritual or the whole you know the game lightsaber. She's she's telling who the P voices are. So again, I mean, I just think they know of them not too much, but you know. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, here, I mean, I would just, I'd be willing to like bet this. If you were to, parents are not allowed in the room. You have a group of kids, and Ray comes out, and Princess Leia comes out. Who do they know? Mm, you never know. They're gonna bum rush Ray, and it's it's just what's gonna happen. And that, um, le- that leads to my point that where the sequel trilogy will be out of our hands and that th- yeah. they will become nostalgia for the younger people. But I still think Leia is iconic, iconic enough to where most kids would probably know, but you're right. Yeah. Ray is going to be higher. You know? I think everyone knows Leia as the two, uh, you know, the two hair, <laughs> the hair pieces. I think more yeah. so of like, Oh, that's, that's Le- you know, versus lightsaber yeah. Leia and well, general Leia. But Leia and Gal- <laughs> yeah. but because they're trying to do a real world yeah. experience. Um, yeah. cinnamon bun Leia doesn't fit there. It would be um, an older, gristled general, uh, yeah, Organa general, yeah, that, that would be walking around. It wouldn't be as recognizable as the long white dress and the cinnamon buns. You know? David, you're the host. What do you think? <clears throat> I am a huge proponent to do deep fake technology and a la mm. what they did in the book of Boba Fett when they brought back mark hamill as luke skywalker uh they brought in a body double um had the same haircut on that body double and just replaced the face i know when they're doing action scenes you see the actual actor's face if you pause it just right um so the <laughs> technology is not a hundred percent up to snuff but in scenes where they're just at a table talking or sitting in a cockpit of the falcon just talking um, I think that would work. And with the respeacher technology that they've used on Obi-Wan Kenobi with Darth Vader, because Darth Vader before then never sounded that great. They yeah. would have to bring in voice actors to try and replicate James Earl J- Jones's young <laughs> voice. Now they tried using James Earl Jones in Rogue One, and you could tell that it was an older voice and it didn't sound younger by yeah. a little bit compared to a new hope so with the new uh, you couple the, the new deep fake technology where they hired 
the deep faker Shamuk, who did those fantastic deep fakes on Alden Ehrenreich in Solo, a Star Wars story, and made it look like young Harrison Ford. And now it seems like Lucasfilm has embraced it with the new Indiana Jones, where they're going to have hmm. Harrison Ford de-aged, and we're not quite <laughs> sure if they're going to like replace his body with the body double or just simply wrap a deep fake young young face on him. We don't know that. But I think there's a way to do it, and I think there's a way to make a lot of money doing that. But, of course, <laughs> the way you want to make money is yeah. through film and not TV shows, which is kind True. of interesting. Yeah. And Luke Skywalker coming back, young Luke Skywalker, at the end of The Mandalorian Season 2, was so magical, so shocking, so just like fist pumping in the air. I mean, it, it's one of the greatest moments for me in, in the history of Star Wars, and I'll never forget it. I would agree. But Mark and Hamill was alive. Was a part of, Mark Hamill was a part of it, though. Mark Hamill is, uh, is alive. Right. And, and, and I think so going back to your Ford point, Matty B, about the whole Carrie Fisher thing, <laughs> I think there was a little bit of foresight there. I know I always reference Lucas, George Lucas' foresight. I think <laughs> they went to her while she was alive and asked, hey, can we use your likeness, your image, and future Star Wars stuff, and I think Carrie Fisher did sign off on everything. She's she joked about it. that for years. She signed yeah. off on that a long time ago. Yeah, she, you know? she was and those very... contracts carry over when yeah. you know Disney when Star Wars Disney. celebration. She was into yeah. it, man. She was hugging fans, open nice. mouth yeah. kissing fans. I mean, it was yeah. insane. She loved it. She was a part of open it. She asked for her. Kissing. Yes, there's video of it. Um, and I, I was actually in the audience. <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. And, I mean, it was, <laughs> it was just yeah. an incredible thing to see her there interact with everyone and be into it. And I think that's, that's one of the great things about Star Wars. When these celebrities, when these actors go yeah. out and do these so comic humble. book conventions and yeah. interact with the fans, you, you can tell that there's real love there. And, um, I think for Carrie Fisher, I wouldn't have a problem, and, and I, I think that's that's a kind of a thing going forward now with the whole Peter Cushing thing in Rogue One. I, I think they're approaching all these actors. Yeah, saying, was, can yeah. we use? Can, can we go ahead and go to it your works. state and find out and get the okay? If they say no, then it's a no. If yeah. what happened? What happened to just good old fashioned recasting? Like let, let's, say, let's say too. General Kenobi say, brings that up. But we've been there, done that with Alden Ehrenreich and Solo, and that didn't work out. Yeah, so that didn't work out. Yeah, uh, I, you know, I'm sorry. I'm going to fight against that. I just rewatched Solo. Alden Ehrenreich was fantastic. Yeah, I think I, he I did don't. A good job I don't too. get why people are saying that didn't work. It's your opinion. That's fine. But yeah. I love Han Solo. I thought Alden Ehrenreich was perfect. He was charming, and he hit the tones for me by not yeah. copying Harrison Ford, but bringing his own thing to it. I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the mat for him. He was wonderful, man. I just I would I, love to yeah. see him do more. I just it's, think the 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 whole thing of like how he made up his last name was kind of like cheesy. Yeah, so damn, cringy. so <laughs> damn, no, cringy. Yeah, thank you, thank you. So pissed off and cheesy at the same time. I'm just like, really? Oh, you're didn't by have, yourself. I didn't have a problem with that. Solo, that kind of you're solo. I was yeah, but, just like, but, oh but, god, again, that, that's not uh, the actor. That's that's no, the no. I, yeah, I, but it's just the whole story. I mean, for me, it was it wasn't it wasn't the acting. It was just the story 
um you know i was on board with the cast the cast you know it, it, they're in the end of the game in the end of the day they're just there to do their job and they're not in charge of the writing and they're just there you know just to act as much as they can with uh with the script they're given so i mean i just didn't like the story that movie got a that movie got a hard hit because of the backlash of uh of the last the direct Jedi. but yeah, i think it's so know. much of the directors all the much behind the scenes stuff that like no one knows what the story's about and different writers came in it just it was just a lot of John Howard mis- came in and fixed it, it fixed it yeah. well enough for me you know i i think he did the yeah. best he could with what was given and everything I, I agree it just it was just one of those movies to where i didn't like the story but that you know i like i enjoyed the characters though i just you know you know donald glover was great in it i liked him as lando i mean but as the story ended i just i just didn't like it but yeah i've already said on this show just cast sebastian stan as luke skywalker as a master, I see and that man. Everybody, and everybody will just appreciate it and love it because he's a lovable guy. Yeah, and I'm Mark fine with Hamill that. Okay <laughs> oh wow, God. just do it, David. Well, you okay with that? Or I'm okay with that. Cast, but who do you right? cast as Carrie Fisher? Yeah, as, you know as that's Leia. what I'm saying. Yeah, just, maybe his daughter. Just cast the daughter. That's respect. Well, she's already a character in in canon, so. I mean, but that's the Skywalker. Tr- that's already killed. That's already done. <laughs> I don't. I don't know, man. Yeah. Um, no, but you I'm can sorry. definitely recast. Because if I would have came back to you guys, let's say we did this uh, ten years ago, and the same question came up: um, Do you want to see Han, uh, Leia, and Luke uh, stories? We would all be like, hell yeah! But w- then we would be wondering about who they would cast. I think, and maybe it's just the the traditionalist in me that just doesn't want to let go. I the deep fake AI stuff. I. I think that's weird. I think just recast like you like yeah. we've always done the whole. You don't like it, yeah, yeah. yeah. I get just it. Recast. I mean, I get it. I get it. I just I think I think the more advanced we get with technology and everything, they want to. And I kind of feel like the creator side behind it that they don't want to. They don't want fans to be so overwhelmed with a recast because you got to please everybody, right? I mean, that's the whole. The Star Wars community, you know, you put, you know, how dare you piss us off? I'm just kidding, but it, it's definitely one of those things to where it's, it's just if you recast it, you're gonna have the people that are upset because you recast it, and then if you AI it, you're gonna be up, you know, it just, it's just one of those things to where it just, what's the right decision? And it's Catherine Kennedy's to decide that. So, I mean, it just, it's, yeah, I mean, I didn't have a problem with it with the, uh, uh, what was it, Rogue One, uh, Tarkin. I thought it was. Not bad. I thought it was really good. I mean, so from what I, we got. I, yeah. I mean, but again, though, it wasn't like so many scenes. It was just like, what, what, two, three scenes, maybe? Not even yeah. like, and it was it real was just, quick. It was setting and the tone. I, I love the voice, though. That was really cool. I don't, I don't know if they, yeah, I, I, I like the way, you know, it was and Krennic and their, uh, you know, their arguments and everything. I, I just thought it was really good. But I mean, yeah, you never Tarkin know. Tarkin in Rogue One is a whole different universe of what that was. That was actually. Yeah. A guy who mimicked the voice, oh, and then they then they actually did C- a CGI face. They didn't do a deep fake back then, so maybe they should do different. that. A whole CGI? lot more expensive. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, okay, got it. I, yeah. I just yeah. honestly, I I just think CGI and deep fake like that sort of technology should be banned and outlawed completely for more reasons than just movies. Um, but it's, yeah. it's, you're going to be able to just mimic a world leader. Someone's going to be able to deep fake a video of Biden saying, Hey, we're going to do world war three now, or, or, you know, it, like it, it, that technology should, they should just nix it right now and just say, we're done. We're not going any further with this and we're not going to normalize it. Uh, because yeah. it can so, be very, those dangerous. deep fakes are already out there, Matty B. <laughs> <laughs> I know yeah, a bunch gonna, of this weekend. They're going to be yeah. so convincing soon. I, I like, yeah. I think we just got to put it into it. 
all together to for the world for <laughs> harmony and peace since we're we're also debating on recasting and all that stuff uh buddy of mine who have, i've talked to a number of times ross marquand everybody mm-hmm. has loved his uh take on han solo he's voiced him in, in a number of things from animated stuff to i believe one of the star wars vr content they pushed out just let ross do it recast han with i'll ross. be okay with that see how he does they probably already screen tested it the only thing that might also it's Again, a complete shot in the dark, but Maddie's shot in the dark with uh, Bryce Dallas Howard worked out, so maybe this will too. <laughs> Let's give Ross a shout did... out to Perry King, who did the uh, Han Solo in the audiobook uh, dramas. You know, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Ross yeah. has done uh, Han portrayed Han in a number of things, and the last time I spoke to him, he did mention to me there's something he's working on that's pretty big that he can't talk about, and so whether or not that's a Star Wars thing. Uh, who knows, but maybe just maybe it could be something like this in the future. Give it to give it to Ross, but isn't he huge? What are you talking about? Like Ross Marquand, like height wise, yeah, just like it's, it's stature wise compared to Harrison Ford. Isn't I think he's like, an average size guy, yeah, he's he's but they're about the same, yeah. Oh, yeah, right. I like Harrison Ford's pretty tall too. He right? was in Walking yeah. Dead. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Clash of Universes, The Walking Dead of Star Wars. I'm just saying. So, yeah, the Legacy of Nerd <laughs> says, dang, I watched 1923 and The Last of Us, and you're still going strong. So, yes, this is the longest Star Wars stuff podcast I think we've ever done. I think we just set the record. Setting right. Two hours, ten minutes. So, and it's still I think that's it for the night, unless anyone else <laughs> has anything to uh, mention. Okay. No, let's go so, back to thanks last for us. having me on. Yeah, thank you so much, guys. Maddie B, Nolan Ryan, Kevin, Ted. Uh, Maddie B, where can people find you? Uh, CountdownCityGeeks.com. That's where I'm sending everybody right now. We uh, launched the website. We have articles. Um, All the links to all the socials are there. CountdownCityGeeks.com. Nice. Nolan Ryan. Hey, what's up, everybody? Alamo City Movie Talk, YouTube.com slash Alamo City Movie Talk. Guys, find me there. And, uh, yeah, we just hit our 2,000 subscriber mark, and we're, we're going strong, man. We're, we're knocking it out of the park right now. Check out our reviews that we just got out this past weekend. Thank you. Kevin. Uh, hit me up on the Fandom Podcast Network. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Spartan underscore Phoenix. And uh, our flagship show, Culture Clash, is going live on Fridays for uh, The Mandalorian Season 3. We're going to do a live spoiler reaction show uh, Friday nights, uh, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. So make sure you check that out on our Fandom Podcast Network YouTube channel because that will be an exclusive show to the channel. No audio podcast. Nice. And Ted. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard about it, but countdowncitygeeks.com. It's like a new site that we've done. Uh, again, I don't know if anybody's mentioned this before in the show in the last five minutes. But uh, go check it out. It's really awesome. And um, not Star Wars related, but Star Trek related. Uh, just posted an interview with a fantastic individual, uh, Todd Stashwick, who's in the final season of Picard. Uh, that was a great interview. And even... Just Big Star Wars good. fan, right? Massive, like yeah. just, yeah. just insane. Really great conversation yeah. with him. He's to cross over. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> he, he's got the chops for it, man. He's got a yeah. booming voice. He can do it. Uh, also, we just spoke with uh, Christopher Monfet, 
who's a writer and producer of Picard. Uh, that interview is dropping shortly. So go check out the website. Thank you. All right. Awesome. And of course, I'm David. And uh, you can always find me here on the podcast, Star Stuff Podcast, and uh, on everywhere, social media, every popular podcast app. And for that, for everyone here, thank you so much for joining. My name is David, and may the Force be with you.